You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. So welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside of my usual co-host Dylan Jimmy, but we have a very special guest today, uh, Julian McKenzie. You know, I'd like to list off all the things he does, but we only have so much time here, so I'm just going to introduce him as the uh, the host of the uh, the, C- the Chris Johnson show. Um, how are you doing, Julian McKenzie? Doing all right. How are you guys doing? Thanks so much for having me. It's, a, it's an absolute honor. Yeah, it's our first show of the year, and what a better way to uh, kick it off with uh, having you on it as well. So, um, so how have you been uh, during this whole uh, COVID thing? It's obviously it's been going on for two years, and it's been a tough time for a lot of us all. But it's also been a time where um, we've picked up on new stuff, learned a lot about ourselves, and pretty much every guest we have on, we ask them what have they like if they picked up on new activities or watched any new TV shows because that kind of has been the thing so i'm just wondering uh, if you have picked up on any new t- activities and uh what uh, tv shows have you binge watched um i think i've tried to cook more during the pandemic actually i didn't think i was cooking nearly as much as i as i do now it's not to say i don't order out but i uh I, i've tried to commit a little bit more to making a few more meals in the kitchen the last few days actually i was a uh, getting over a pretty bad cold. I, had, I took a rapid test. I just tested negative. So I wasn't in the kitchen the last few days. And my, sis, my sister was actually a little bit worried. We both live with each other. And she was kind of worried that I was like, oh, if I'm sick, I probably should be in the kitchen cooking. So this is like the longest I've kind of gone without like just like trying to like whip up something for lunch or, or dinner or anything. And in terms of TV shows, it was actually kind of funny. Like before the pandemic, I didn't consider myself as somebody who watched a lot of TV shows or watched a lot of TV beyond sports. And throughout the pandemic, I've watched Parks and Recreation, New Girl, in both those series in their entirety, uh, Ted Lasso, all the episodes that are out. Uh, I'm starting to watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm from the beginning. I started watching <laughs> The Simpsons oh, yeah. from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, a show, there's a show on Amazon called... Oh man, I'm completely blanking on it. I think it's called Heroes. It, no, it might be called something else. But to show where um, it follows, it's hunters. It follows these Nazi hunters in like 1970s New York City, like Al Pacino's in it. And I, I can't wait till that series comes back. I'm waiting for Atlanta to come back too. 
Uh, I got to get on Insecure. Insecure has been a great show. I, I fell off on that, and Euphoria is coming back. I got to watch that too. So it's kind of weird. It took it took a whole pandemic for me to actually like care about watching TV. And uh, I mean, they, they can't, it can't be all bad, I guess. You know. So yeah, that those that's basically what I've been up to uh, throughout the pandemic, at least with regards to activities and food and cooking and stuff. What's been your favorite meal to cook so far? Um. Great question. I didn't expect you to follow up with that. Uh, <laughs> I was that's a hell of a podcast. Yeah, I was right so ready to just be like, all right, let's just move to something else. Yeah. Like, damn. I yeah, cold coffee like and, my, uh, and my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably like just anything involving chicken breast, I guess. Just like seasoning it and just making sure it's yeah, cooked yeah, all yeah. the way. Or, or shrimp. But shrimp pasta, actually. Well, actually, one thing I did, uh, I don't know if it's really a thing or not, but I'll buy like imitate well, i'll buy like crab meat whether it's like imitation crab meat or whatever and when you season it and you know you you cook it whatever and then i'll put like tomato sauce you're pretty much just enjoy oh Oh, there, there we go. go. I was like, I like completely frozen. I'm like, what's going on? But uh... I, I figured Pierce was just leaving to try the recipe out himself. Like, I guess. <laughs> Already, oh, it just took him like a couple seconds. He's like, I'm just gonna do this myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll that's, do it myself. that's yeah, yeah, that's that's why I, 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 yeah, I don't know what to call it, but basically, just crab and shrimp is a as sounds a, really fucking good. That's why I call it. Yeah, I don't know, just something nice. Those are the best kind of questions, the ones that uh, catch you off guard, so I thought I would <laughs> ask you that. But uh, anyways, on to less, uh, you know, um, important stuff, uh, not food. Uh, I have a, We have a, qu- a couple of questions to ask you about the uh, Habs, and then we're Blackhawks fans, so we actually got a couple of questions to ask you about that, what you think about them. Exactly. So my first question is... Uh, do the Habs trade any of their long-term contracts? So I've been seeing like maybe Brendan Gallagher, Jeff Petrie, or Mike Hoffman because it just seems like not. <laughs> I think with Arizona's win last night, they have the lowest uh, winning percentage in the NHL. So I'm going to assume that they're going to tear it down, especially with Jeff Gordon. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, if anyone is willing to take on those contracts i i don't know if the canadians could be in too much of a position to say no unless the deal is so bad yeah the canadians i think might be i think my, my colleague at the athletic mark on twenty good was trying to make the point that i think the canadians lead the league in like contracts above like three years and more <laughs> so yeah like you, you if, if someone is coming at you saying hey we'd love to take that brendan gallagher contract off your hands if the deal makes sense, I, I think if you're Jeff Gordon, you have to listen to it. I'm curious if they think the same thing with Jeff Petrie. I know he's not having the greatest of years. I know he's injured as well, but I, I imagine they'd want to look into that too. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if the Canadians moved on from Mike Hoffman and even Tyler Toffoli, seeing what they could get from those guys. I'm sure there are teams who are looking for secondary scoring, and they would probably be interested in those two players. I think if you're the Montreal Canadiens right now, with the roster as is, I know there are guys who sign long term with the hopes of winning with this organization, but this year's kind of proved that the way the team is built is not really going to work. So I think you kind of have to tear off a few studs, maybe not every single thing, but you tear, you try to see what you can get at the trade deadline. Obviously, Ben Chirot 
has the easiest contract to trade and it's pretty likely the the bidding war will start for him and who knows what he'll get but i, I could see the canadians being some pretty big sellers at the deadline so i'm curious uh julian so we're talking about long-term contracts um and you know those could likely get moved but what i'm curious about here uh, myself is who do you think else will be available at the deadline for montreal and who do you think should be available if you're the gm who are you looking to move right away long-term contract or not there's no i can't think of it i mean aside from what nick suzuki cole caulfield i mean in terms of untouchables i guess i mean no one's ever really an untouchable i guess but Mm -hmm. i think if you're able to get a decent amount of assets back draft picks the ability to free up cap space there aren't too many guys on the Montreal Canadiens roster who you could look at and be like man I don't know if we should get rid of this guy like I said Suzuki Caulfield are part of the future of the organization I know those are the two guys I keep forgetting about Alexander Romanov is probably another guy you're thinking you know, you say, don't need yeah. that, obviously uh, but yeah I think some of the more veteran guys if people are interested in those contracts and there's ways to do it I mean we're in a time now where not too many teams have cap space everyone's trying to use LTIR to kind of maneuver around it so if you're in a situation like i'm going to bring up the gallagher example again if someone is willing to take on that contract you 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 look into it even a jake allen who is not supposed to be the goaltender in the future i could think of it mm-hmm. you know a lot of people like a lot of people have said with edmonton for example you know they should look into getting a guy getting a guy like mark andre Fleury. why not look into jake allen who i think despite the team that's been in front of him i think he's done an admirable job in net he's proven that he could be a good 1a Maybe if the Edmonton Oilers want to hang, I guess they might be in a situation where they might have to hang on to Mike Smith or, or, or Miko Koskinen, depending on how things go. But they get a guy like Jake Allen, you could always go to a, a, a two-man system if you really absolutely need. But Jake Allen could easily be a starter in Edmonton with the way that he's been playing goaltender for the team right now. And I think the Edmonton Oilers are obviously a much better team in front of It would be a much better team in front of him compared to what the Montreal Canadiens are right now. So I think there are definitely some options for the Canadians to to offload some pieces, get some assets back. But there are there aren't too many guys on the in the lineup who you look at and you think, man, you really have to keep this guy. Yeah, yeah. with with how the Oilers are. I was going to say, with how the Oilers are playing right now, the fact that that would be an upgrade for Jake Allen just kind of speaks to how things have gone for (laughs) Montreal this year. I mean, yeah, they're not having a good year. It's it's not something that too many people expected. I mean, I think a lot of people might say, okay, they they might challenge for a playoff spot or they might miss the playoffs because the way the team is built isn't necessarily one for success. I don't think anyone expected them to repeat what they did over the past summer and make the final. Uh, but the fact that this could very well be the worst Canadians team over an 82 game season, I if if you. If you thought that was going to happen this year, you're lying. As far as I'm Dude, concerned, people thought no Caulfield way. was runaway for the Calder. Like they were. I thought he was. Season, it was. I thought he was absolutely. No, I don't blame anybody for thinking that he was balling sure. out in the playoffs against yeah, yeah. some of the best defensive teams. Absolutely, this is a kid who uh, I thought when he made his way to the Montreal Canadiens, the team needed to do everything they could to ease his way in and not rush him to the lineup. But the problem with the Montreal Canadiens is, and this has been the case for over a decade, they do not have too many consistent goal scorers on this team. This is a team that if they get themselves like a 30 goal guy, like that, that's a big cost for celebration around the fran- around the franchise. So a guy like Cole Caulfield, who literally it's in his MO to score fans have been salivating over this guy for how many years, but 
I just from my standpoint, it's just like an outsider, just an observer, just thinking, okay, well, just do everything you can to let him grow in the minors. But the team felt he was ready to play uh, when they when they signed him. And he proved a lot of he proved the Canadians right in that with the way that he played in the playoffs. Not a lot of people knew who he was. Not a lot of people knew about his shot. So he was able to get those opportunities. And now he's going through the rigors of a full NHL season. And, well, you could tell he could probably still use some seasoning. But I think he's also shown some really cool things as well. Like when he has the puck, he's able to get up, get away from a few guys and, and, and be, be elusive around some people. And there's like one game I can think of, I think against Detroit where he was taking like a pass. uh, I think like off either off his stick or off, like in between his legs and he's making his way up ice and he's making a defender look silly. Like he has things in his game that still look really impressive. One guy, funny enough, to, to connect it to Chicago, that uh, he earned a comparison from is Alex Dabrinkit, just off the oh, size yeah. and stature that he is and the goal-scoring acumen that he has. He could still very well be that player. He just needs a bit more time to, to get to that point. But, yeah, I think just with the way that this year has gone for him, nobody expected him to be at a point where I think he still only has one goal as we're recording this. Like, this is... Very much a shock. Like Michael Bunting in Toronto has a better chance at the Calder <laughs> Trophy than, than Cole Caulfield does. Uh, and I did not know. Tanner Didn't exist until last year. He was literally born last year. It was crazy. He was <laughs> asexually produced by David Poyle. It's insane. And I, I think you could definitely say there's one thing that the Blackhawks and the Canadians have in common, at least with their fan bases, is they, they have a tendency to really overhype their guys a lot and put a lot of pressure on a lot of kids. Because I know, at least from the Blackhawks, we've been putting a lot of pressure on, like, Doc and when Boquist was here and stuff. And these kids are, like, 20. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with Caulfield a little bit, where it's like, you got to remember this kid's still a teenager and he's got time to grow. And not everyone's going to flourish. Like, Nathan McKinnon wasn't great overnight, and look at him. Like, he's great now. Leon Dreisaitl. Like, it sometimes yeah. it takes time. People forget. Yeah, apparently, Joe Kirby Thorne. Doc is yeah. already the biggest bust of his draft. At, Joe at the age I of think had the less than like ten points in his first season. Like, things take time. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think I, every 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 fan base in almost every sport like overvalues their prospects. Montreal and Chicago. I'm every Toronto. They do this. Edmonton. They do this. <laughs> Everyone does this. Like this is this isn't nothing new. We're so used to seeing guys go first or second overall, turn into generational talents, and then we see some other guys take it in the first round. And us as fans, whether of just whatever sports teams we like, where it's natural for us to kind of look at a guy drafted the first round and be like, "Hey, you see what Connor McDavid did." Go do that because you're your first round pick. There's no reason why you can't be the next generational center for this team. It's very natural for fans to do that. But yeah, it, it, it takes time. Leon Dreisaitl is a great example of the fact that he 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 was not rushed, but he it took him some time before he turned into the great center that we know him at today. Joe Thornton, it took him a while before he turned himself into the great center that we've known him to be in the National Hockey League. And I know those guys are just centers, but playing center is a pretty hard position to play in the National Hockey League. Just playing in the National Hockey League is hard enough as it is. Like some people should just give some grace period to some of these guys, but for the Montreal Canadiens, and I think for the Chicago Blackhawks, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong if with, with the way that the team is composed, but the Canadians sometimes with the way that the roster is built, they're not really able to, they don't really have veterans who are able to fill in those roles of, you know, a, a first pairing defenseman or a second or third line guy to the point it's where so it's so weird like, how he's literally describing the Blackhawks right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like the Black, but the Blackhawks at the very least, like 
I mean, I, I thought they were going to make the playoffs, guys, honestly. Yeah. Hey, I, I think we did, too. too but we also yeah. thought, like, it would be like, a, a challenge for them. So, I mean, you're not the only one. <laughs> Let's put it this way. You win one of your first 12 games, you already fucked the season over. Let's yeah, just put it that way. I, and it's, I, yeah, I get that. We yeah. And it's funny because we harped on this show for months. Because this the Hawks, the last couple of years, they never started on time in October or in January. And they just dug this hole and they couldn't get out of it. And we were like, all right, if you could just win like six games in October, we're good. And you know what? They won zero. <laughs> so, and I, and we kept saying it. Like, and God bless Seth Jones. He's been very good under Derrick King. But we knew the second that trade happened with that second first round pick, it was going to be abysmal because you either had to make the playoffs or everything's going wrong. And yeah. we're, on, we're on part B right now. So and a lot of people were dumping on Jones for that 9 million, 9 million can get you the guy who burned Kirby doc the other night, Gail McCarr. That's I mean, and the thing is like, at least from what the advanced analytics show, Seth Jones has been way better under Derek King than he was under Jeremy Colleton and Tortorella mm-hmm. last year. But um, it's just like you gave up. It's almost like you gave up too much, and he can only do so much to make up for other people having offensive miscues. Like Kane has one goal in his last eighteen games. Like this, you can't win like that. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And you, that's a team in Chicago that, unlike the Montreal Canadiens, they actually have top end talent, like Patrick Kane mm-hmm. and, and Jonathan Taze. And I know Jonathan Taze had the layoff that he had. Those are still very premier players that the Blackhawks for the last how many years have had to kind of fill around them in order to make a team work. So at, at the very least Chicago, as opposed to some other franchises, they at least have the top line talent uh, that some other franchises would be so desperate to have. And, th- and that kind of brings me to my next question in a way, because I, I feel like we've all kind of been dancing with this like idea of a re- like a hardcore rebuild for the Blackhawks for about three years now. And we're starting to think that this is probably the year you would want to trade Taze and Kane if you really want to get something back for them, at least Kane in my eyes. Because, I mean, wow. Taves is starting to turn on the last 10 <laughs> games. But it's something you, you never think – like two cornerstones of the franchise. But you're at a point right now where either you're just going to keep them too long. And it might be a legacy thing for them at the end of the day too. I know that's a big thing with players and loyalty and whatnot. But – I mean, these guys got to look at it like we only got a couple more shots at a cup and we're not winning one here anytime soon, probably. So I was I just mean, wondering. Yeah, with the legacy thing, I because I, I, the first team that comes to mind with that, a team that's going through that exact same thing right now is the Pittsburgh Penguins because of the winning that they've done. If this was an organization that maybe got like one cup out of it but de- or definitely got no cups out of it, you're think, you've already thought, okay, what are we going to yeah. do with these assets to, to offload them? But Chicago, for better or worse, they've won three Stanley Cups in the last decade. They're recognized as one of the uh, better dynasties uh, of the nation- National Hockey League history. Uh, for Chicago to kind of offload Taze and Kane like that and not let them finish off their careers in Chicago, I, I see the other side of it where – I, I get it's a business, but I guess you kind of want to see some loyalty. And I think at the end of the day, the, the, the organization would probably want to do right by them and kind of let them know if that's something that they'd be interested in doing and not just necessarily leaving it up to the GM just to find takers for them. Because I'm sure, you know, for those two quality players on the ice, so to speak, like GMs would line up to find a way to fit them on their team. There are some guys you don't think about salary and like, eh, I don't know if this is a guy we want for – salary there are some guys in the league who are just like dude this guy's available you figure it out and i'll tell you what if jonathan taze if i was a dental general manager and jonathan taze was available to me and i'm looking at his stats i'm i'm thinking about it 
I'm, I'm, I have to, I'm absolutely thinking about it. And I understand why other people would do the same with Patrick Kane as well. We and that's where. We kind of have a little, we got a little bit of a glimpse of that in the summer when we traded Duncan Keith. Like he was, to me, is just as big as a part to that franchise as Taze and Kane was just because with how he played. And we're like, there's no way Duncan Keith gets, uh, well, there's like, there's no way you can even move Duncan Keith at that full salary. And uh, yeah, openly like said, we wanted him for his leadership and they traded like a third and Caleb Jones for him. So part of me thinks that like, there's no way they take the salary on, but then you see that it's like teams want guys that can win. Like, having those three cup rings and a con Smythe and a Selkie and just like the reputation certainly has like an online leader that uh, Jonathan Taves has had that um, any team that's battling or like wants to go for a cup, like especially if Chicago can retain salary. Cause they only have a cup. They only have one year left after this, which is crazy to think that a team might want to take that on to boost their chances of getting a cup, especially when you're putting them maybe as like a middle six center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned a pretty important word there in reputation because I think a lot of general managers just off of what I've seen and this is off of no like real intel but I get the sense that general managers are really big on here having a guy's reputation why do you think the Canadians traded PK Subban for Shea Weber that is a deal I mean yes you look at the stats that he had that is a deal based purely off of reputation, reputation. and and he and it preceded him he was a guy who's known as a leader he's a guy who d- leaves all his talking on the ice People genuinely fear this man. Forget which NHL player got hit by a puck like two, three times by Shea Weber. This is a guy people feared on the ice for years. That's pure reputation. If if Shea Weber somehow miraculously re- was relieved from all the injuries that he's been going through that has him not playing for the Montreal Canadiens, they would have him on their lineup at the next possible moment because of reputation. So I, it, it, when you when you put that in perspective, of course, a guy like Ken Holland is going to pull out pull out all the stops to get a guy like Duncan Keith, even if he is past his prime because of reputation and because of the rigs that he has. And well, Edmonton's kind of paying for that right now. But hey, you, you banked on reputation. There are GMs who are going to do that in this league. That's why there's someone who's probably going to pony up for Brendan Gallagher at some point at the trade deadline. He might not hit 30 goals again, but that's a guy who's going to fight for you in the playoffs. So yeah, never count out reputation when yeah. it comes to a price tag for a player in the National Hockey League because GMs like to bank on that. and They want guys who can win and make a very good point. And it's a big reason why some deals get made the way that they are and why the, everyone else just kind of looks and they're just like, really? You gave up all that for Duncan Keith? <laughs> and yeah. I feel like one thing we joked about with the Oilers all summer when they made all those moves on defense is I don't know what the Oilers saw in the 2019-20 Leafs and Blackhawks that made them scream, we need Duncan Keith, we need Cody Ceci. <laughs> but you know I, what? I they can't get say anything about Cody Ceci. Tyson Berry. I, 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 I don't know. Tyson Berry, at the very least, led all defensemen in points. That's true. So I, I, I can <laughs> at least he's going to get points, yeah. I, he gets I, points. Can underst- I can understand that. But then also, yeah. you remember, he plays with Connor McDavid. So, of course, he, he'll get all those points. But still, I, I, I at least sort of understood the Tyson Berry thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tyson Berry, and, you know, Tyson Berry is one of those guys that he can just turn it on whenever, and he'll just get hot. So hopefully that happens for Edmonton soon because it seems like, I mean, <laughs> no one wants to score, and I don't think we need anyone else getting thrown under the bus in the media. So, <laughs> Yikes, yeah. Oh, man, I, I don't it's... know. Just Yeah, it's a bit of a letdown for those guys. Uh, you have to hope for, for their sakes and Connor's sakes and, and his prime and Leon Dreisaitl's prime that they find a way to figure it out. But 
if they don't figure it out, uh, that's going to be a big story that we're going to be talking about a lot for uh, for months to come in in the in the NHL uh, hot stove of stories that we try to conjure up every so often. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it it'll definitely be interesting, and um, be I guess that chills leads... when he's a ranger. Oh my gosh! <laughs> whoa, Here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, what are your sources there, Jimmy? Yeah, my brain. My the brain. three neurons firing off right now. Wait, wait, I'm confused. Wait, wait. Are you saying that Connor McDavid is going to be a Ranger? Can he, wait, you got. I could totally that. see that. Oh, I could totally see strong. that. Like, I, I've been thinking about this for years. He's there's no way that guy stays in Edmonton after this contract. The way he's been treated, the way he's had. A but team why New York? Why? Because the that's the that's Showtime. New York is going to pony up everything to get that guy. Hmm. Let's see. When is his contract? Then what season is his contract? Then. It's like three more years, four more years, something like that. They have Panarin for a couple more years after that. If Panarin's still doing well, slap Connor McDavid with Dartsami Panarin and just watch Sparks fly. Alexi Lafreniere is going to be in his prime by then. I don't care. I've been saying that. I've been at least thinking this for years. He's going to go to New York. It's it's prime time. They're going to pony up. I see it happening as soon as his contract's up. I'd love to see it if it somehow happened. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think New New York would be a rather creative one. A lot of people would easily say, oh, he's going to Toronto. He's going to go play at home. But I would love for him. <laughs> Everyone's going to play in Toronto. Everyone's going to play in Toronto. I would. We need McDavid to get cool. past the first round and win a cup. He shouldn't go there if he wants to do that. Wow. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. I think it, it'd be – you know what? I don't know if it's going to happen with the Rangers. If you do, man, I hope you put – I hope you put that tweet out on Twitter – and I hope you like retweet the shit out of that when it ha- <laughs> if it happens. Like you I, tell everybody. I, think I also is. I'll clip this. It's fine. I'll do something like that. But um, yeah, I gotta get that clout. I need to get those tweet impressions. Man. But uh, I I think I also smart insider man. But imagine if he oh goes to God. a imagine <laughs> him in a market like that, man. Oh, he knows. Yeah, smart insider man. Ninety seven. It's a Sim seven network. It's a Sim seven. Where do you think? Where do you think I I also work? Oh no, it it connected <laughs> to me. I'm like, oh, he knows. He gets man. it. He gets well, it. He's a smart insider man. He's sniffing around. It's a Sim nine point seven. Oh, oh man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. <laughs> Yeah, when 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 Connor McDavid goes to the New York Rangers, uh, you guys will be the most famous hockey podcast of the moment. Just just say yeah. we said it on January what January seventh, yeah, yeah. two thousand twenty two. We telegraph. We'll get Connor like ten more followers, dude. Oh, I know. Dang it, yeah. <laughs> but I, again, I also now. hope for it. Imagine getting Connor McDavid on maybe the biggest stage in all of North America, or in the United States, I should say. The visibility for him would be everything immense. I need for America, dude. You know who I, oh, yeah. you know who would love that more than anybody, uh, <laughs> him, but also whoever <laughs> is in charge of programming of the NHL for ESPN. Yep. They would yes, love that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They're on ESPN. You put him in New York. Ratings are gonna shoot through the roof. They're gonna market yeah. him everywhere. Because because Connor McDavid, there as of, as I understand. There are no Edmonton Oilers games uh, that are supposed to be shown on ESPN this year, like none. And I can understand maybe COVID. COVID has some might have something to do with it, uh, but like, yeah, it's the least best player. Okay. I'm gonna like, go out on a limb and say that the NHL might not be smart. I, you said I it, not it, me. I didn't say it. <laughs> I think it's oh, just no, the- no, no, no. You would never know. I think it's just the first year of a TV deal, and they need to figure out. I think they need to just figure out where their stars are, and 
yeah, a lot of the stars are Wait, in Canada whoa, right whoa, now. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean to figure <laughs> out where your stars are? What does that mean? No, 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 no. You don't mm-hmm. get into business into getting broadcasting rights and then you figure out where your stars oh, I are. I, under- oh, I, know. I understand. <laughs> I understand if you have the stars that are in place and then you realize, oh, hmm, wait a minute. Maybe we need to pay more attention to Trevor's egress. We realize he ended up being a lot better than a lot of people accounted for. So that I understand. Him. If you don't know who Connor McDavid is, like I'm, I'm so, and you're trying to be like, hey man, we're trying to build up the league on our network. Like I, uh, you're you're laughed out the room. But that doesn't make sense. Yeah, we were like, um, my yeah. dad and I were joking about it when the Hawks played on ESPN Plus a couple nights ago. I mean, the game gets blacked out locally, and I know Seattle had that problem with their first home game. No one could watch it locally. My brother was super pissed with <laughs> Seattle. Like, oh, that sucks. oh my god, it, they were so That's mad. Ridiculous. Like, you can't watch it because ESPN's got a licensing issue with it, and they won't put like. I think that was the fir- yesterday was the first time I saw hockey on ESPN, like the actual channel, all year. Like, I've seen it on oh, wow. TNT a bunch, but they, Boston, Minnesota was on ESPN, and I didn't hear a single thing about it all, all, all week. Like, oh, wow. That's a I didn't problem. realize it was like that. Yeah, that's that, a that, problem. that is a problem. Yeah. yeah especially yeah, here in America, it is terrible. Like, the marketing for the NHL is abysmal. Like, there's so much more they can do with good. it. I know it's not that big, but there's so much more they could do with I it. I forgot like, that there was a winter snow. classic on the 1st of January. Me too! <laughs> I woke up at, like, 2 that's o'clock or something or whatever it happened, and I'm like, oh, hey, Tarasenko scored. And like, what? It's the, outdoors? And that's what <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, go ahead. And I feel like that's what the CV deal comes down to at the end of the day. Like, it, it was a great deal for, I guess, like the passionate fan who wants to watch every game because ESPN Plus is perfect for that. It's way better than NHL Center Ice. Oh, but sure. for the casual fan, you're not growing the game. Like, you can't. You have to put games on actual television. Like you said, Julian, you have to put Connor McDavid on national freaking television. Come on, guys. You have to put Austin Matthews up. there, too. You have to put yeah, Austin, Austin Matthews, Matthews on national yeah. TV, too. Like, what, I mean, how what can the, we make this about the Leafs? Is what I, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Oh man, yeah. And, I'm not like, even. I'm not even a Leafs guy. Sorry. You're right. Oh, I know. You're, you're, but, but it's true. Have... It's true. <laughs> and Matthews is probably one of the more like it, we we always talk about this. Like the personalities in the league, it's probably like him, Pasternak, and Ovechkin are the top three right now. Like not in any order, but like. Yeah. You need to push those marketable stars that can just, you know, gravitate to a younger audience or an audience that's going to, you know, grab onto the game. But, you know, like you said, you can't do that if you're not showing market the game. Trevor, market Trevor Zegras and Jack Hughes. They're doing great this year and they're yeah. great personalities. They're American. They're in Anaheim and New Jersey. You got to market them like so much. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people, well, I know California is a big like state and there's so many other interests, but the fans who are, passionate about those teams in those states like they're 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 definitely there right in new jersey that's a team that has won stanley cups over the last how many years there are a lot of new jersey devils fans i've come across they're obviously a bunch in canada and there's definitely some of this obviously a bunch of the states as well you mentioned some of those guys like like a pasternak and and an ovechkin and and a matthews like they all play for three of some of the better franchises or more more of the more known ones in the national hockey league as well when you're branding those players you're also thinking of those teams as well and they come from markets where the fans there are very passionate about those teams so yeah i i i, I didn't realize it was so dire for for people watching hockey on yeah. the actual main espn channel there's an opportunity for them to kind of broaden their scope a little bit and at the very least just have the casual fan develop some kind of an interest and maybe this year's a bit hard with covid and everything else going on but yeah i i, I very least like 
people in, on ESPN should be wondering, hey, when is that Trevor Zegers guy going to play again? Because he may have delivered the play of the, of the year, honestly. Exactly. And, like, I feel like, well, we, we talked about it. We weren't really sure what the All-Star game was going to be before the Olympics got canceled. Now that the Olympics aren't – or the NHL players aren't going to the Olympics, I shouldn't say the Olympics are canceled. But um, you got to knock that All-Star game out of the park, in my opinion. Because I for a second, I thought they did it the week of the Super Bowl for a second, which I was like, this is already a failure. It's the week of the Pro Bowl, so they're good there. They're not competing with anything, which the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl. But you got to actually do interesting events. This can't be like – like I know Steve Dangles brought it up a bunch. Like St. Louis where they did the shooting from the stands thing. People can't be sitting there for 15 minutes waiting for stuff. You need to have, and you also need to have the biggest marketable stars. Like if, once again, like you said, if someone like Trevor Zegers is not there. If someone like McDavid's not, Jack not Hughes, McDavid, you got to bring Jack Hughes and Trevor Zegers. Jack Hughes, yeah. Two like, Americans playing in Vegas, growing the game. Like you got to be able to instantly capture casual fans. Like Schmidty, you brought up 15 minutes to like do an event. Like you're going to immediately turn people off. Like you got to get, do events that immediately grab people that like hook people in there. And this hockey sports is pretty cool like, players know, have to also be willing to do it too right yeah remember, I mean, there are guys who could easily just be like you know what like i'm not gonna go and i'm willing to not play the the two games i'm not supposed to play after the all-star break is over because i want to find a way to help my team make a deep playoff run there was like one year like alexander ovechkin didn't play and i was really bummed as an ovechkin fan because as even as a media member i was very much looking forward to seeing ovechkin play against the montreal Canadiens. i think like two years ago and i only got to see him in the locker room i'm still very upset about that that's the kind of pain you cause the children when you don't play in the all-star game. But in all seriousness, like the players <laughs> themselves need to be a part of that and they oh, need yeah. to want to be a part we, of that. Yeah, and we, need the children have a I feel voice. like Please okay. somebody think about the children. <laughs> I think so. I just I feel understand like that. From the last like five years or so at the all-star game, at least from since they've gone to this division style of all-star game play, it's taken the fun out of the game entirely. I feel like they got to go back to fantasy drafts. Or you like, need to see – North America Matthews and McDavid in three-on-three together, yeah. not versus each other. You need to see, like, Ovechkin and Patrick Kane on the ice together, not playing against each other. Like, I just don't – I don't see the whole – like, the whole idea of, oh, we only play the Pacific players with the Pacific and stuff. I feel like you need to – you need to put everyone with everyone, and that's the Get way creative. you make – because really what's the point of having the best – Do we need to do that? Whenever I see people get nostalgic about the All-Star game, I see them like look at like the East versus West or like World versus North America no, and everyone looks at the jerseys and stuff. Like that's a, that's what I see, and maybe I'm just maybe uh, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know, but like I I wonder if we really need to have the All Star Game be as complicated as we've made it. Why do we need to have these drafts or or just be like okay, division versus division? Why can't we just have like East versus West again? Like. That's that's simple. It's cool. You get that's still get some of the best thing. players to do it. I I also like the idea of a fantasy draft too, where you just have two yeah. guys just that's picking, what I want. picking teams. That's fine too. I think that's a fair compromise. I don't like yeah. the idea of of the four teams and then you have to follow no. this like mini tournament. Just give me a good yeah, game. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, that's Whatever. what I was trying that's to. That's that what I was trying to say. Hockey fans honestly. off. You gotta be able to immediately grab them when you're playing what three or four you know what? games. Like it's gonna. You know what? Yeah. Bring back Team North America for the All Star game. Please. Oh, like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, Team North America go. is the best thing this league's done in five years. Like, oh my gosh. Bring bring back Team North America for the All-Star game. Just just let let that be a thing. 
Team North America versus the world. <laughs> and it's all under sure. 24. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, just... That's your Young just Stars game. one game. Yeah. They just need one game. When did the, the tourney I was just, introduced, I think 2015-16, the whole John Scott yeah. thing. And yeah. Which at least that one been was fun. There. But, yeah, it's all yeah. been downhill. It's yes. just dumb. Like, I don't... I, I really think... It's it's the reason I make this such a big deal about the All-Star game, I feel like, is because, at least since they're signed with ESPN and ESPN wants to pretend to give a shit, I mean, at least with the NBA, they make the All-Star game fun. And they make it a whole weekend event, and people actually, you know, kind of give a shit about it the whole weekend. It's not just, oh, the it's NHL fun. players are going to get drunk in Vegas for four yeah. days, which is what it's going to be. <laughs> it's also fun. Like, I think the NBA All-Star weekend is, like, the most fun out of all the big four major sports. Oh, you want to be, be seen at, like, Atlanta or Toronto or wherever they have the All-Star game or the celeb game they have there, three-point contests. The, the skills challenge, the all-star game itself. Like it's cool to be at those things. And the NHL has not put itself at a position where it's such so cool of a sport where like, I mean, like if you get seen at the NHL all-star game, that's still pretty cool. But if I have to pick between being seen at the NBA all-star game or the NHL all-star game, I'm, I'm going to the NBA all-star game. I'm going to the 100%. NBA all-star festivities. It's way more fun there. But a big reason why is the personalities. It's the, yep. it's the people, it's the athletes themselves who are just interesting enough that you want to kind of gravitate towards them as opposed to watching guys in the NHL who aren't the most, I, I, I can sort of understand why a guy like Steve Dangle gets upset at why people like Wes McCauley so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trust me. I'm number one Wes McCauley hater. You don't even understand. I can't stand I like him. I like I him, but I also, I like him too. I, also, I, I, like him too. I like him, but I also get it. Like you want to, yeah. you want to see your league, just like other leagues take itself seriously for five seconds <laughs> but i'll have personalities worth taking seriously even major yeah. league baseball where some people so many people complain about like you know maybe the faces aren't as recognizable as before but Shohei otani is like the best thing that's happened to that league in like years there's mm-hmm. a guy who can pitch and can hit like he's he's freaking dope like i want to see him like every <laughs> night that's possible. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is just slanging it in Toronto. There's personalities, there's people there. In in the NHL, it's Trevor Zegers, Ovechkin's 36. <laughs> That's a fantastic way to put that. <laughs> like, Connor McDavid plays in Edmonton, but it turns I, out in America, you don't watch him that much? No. I don't know. Dude, I I'm like telling you, as somebody who – I live in Chicago, and it's hockey's – I'd say bigger here than most states. Than yeah, most. absolutely, absolutely. And nobody right besides now. us, besides the players that I, I've, has people I played with, and the fans that I know, nobody knows who Connor McDavid is. They know Patrick King, Jonathan Taves. Know, does an average American in general even know where? I'm just gonna say no before you finish it. No, 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 no. 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 It, it actually shocks me how bad people are at geography nowadays. It's it's shocking. <laughs> I I don't understand. <laughs> Hey, don't talk about me like that. Come on now. <laughs> I have an oh, idea man. for the All-Star game. Left-handed players versus right-handed players. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fixed it. You're good, okay? Uh, hire me on. Anyway. Yeah, talk to Gary. Yeah. Let me, check, let me text Gary really quick and see what he thinks. My, my boy Gary. Shoot him up. Yeah. Hit him up. My boy Gary V, Mr. GB. So I guess, Julian, one last – or one quick last question. Um – since we got like basically 50 games of the season left at this point, almost oh 48. We're not even it, like, it's crazy to even think about that. Like it feels like no. the season's already been so long. But um, I guess what what would be your boldest take of what you think might happen in these next 50 or so games? It could be like a trade. It could be a team. Uh, 
Give us your boldest take. The Oilers missed the playoffs. <laughs> and then oh, they like went first one. overall? Oh, come on. Can we not <laughs> Can we not do that, please? Like, we're done with that. In Montreal, too. Can we not do that, please? To right to McDavid, to Tricidal. And they lost. Oh, no. I think Montreal would erupt if Edmonton wins first overall in Montreal. That's... I don't think... I don't think Montreal would – I don't think it would just be Montreal. I think everybody in the National Hockey League would, would be pretty annoyed at that. But I, I would probably just sit back and laugh because oh, – yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hysterically. Yeah. You, know, but uh, no, you I, laugh because you know that they're not going to do anything with it. They're fine. It's like Shane Wright. Not just bring in – bring in, bring in Nick Sealer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all chaos. It's, it's, you know what would be ultimate it, chaos? Edmonton at one and then Chicago drafting two. That would make the league not do that. <laughs> That would just that'd be pretty tough, but yeah, that's my boldest oh, take, I, I guess. I, I I think with the way the Oilers are kind of free falling, um, yeah. I, I I think they'll find a they might find a way out of it. But if they don't find a way out of it, then we're gonna hear a lot about Ken Holland and his job security being in question. Maybe that's a good Dave thing t- long term for them. Dave Tippett's already. I've heard so much about Dave Tippett from the fans. Stay, Dave Tippett should have been gone last year, man. He's not. But if it gets to that point, then everyone is immediately going to be like. Well, what's Connor McDavid going to do? And what if we start hearing stuff about, oh, well, maybe he doesn't like what's going on. He wants to go to New York. He wants to go to New York Rangers. According to the hashtag smart insider, man. (laughs) It was a 9.7. That's pretty high. It's a (laughs) 9.7. Pretty good number. I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Maybe the Oilers uh, missed the playoffs. I I kind of want that to happen now. I want maximum chaos. I want it for McDavid's sake, man, and for Oilers fans, really. They that front office needs to be bleached. That that to say it needs to be cleaned out is uh, putting it lightly. I think that might be the very best thing for them to miss the playoffs. Quite bleach honestly. might be a little strong, but I, I get where you're getting at. They definitely need some new blood. Nah, players. they need to burn that entire front office Jeez. down. That thing okay. is rotten from the top Maybe down. Should, it I is so know. bad. It, to get some analytics people in there, I, I know a lot of people are kind of fed up with with Bob Nicholson and, and some guys there. I, they definitely could use some. Maybe get some women or some people of color in there. That'd be cool. Yeah, people that are, I, I, yeah. I think every franchise could benefit from having diversity and 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 just oh. having different. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I need the old white men to run my hockey teams, and if it's not them, then my I can't watch. I need the same thirty-six okay? names. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna, and that's why I say that about the Oilers. The the fact that they need to really just clean it out is because they they got rid of Shirelli and they brought in the next Shirelli. That clearly the people up at the top don't know who they're hiring and what's best for the team. I think. Maybe not clean it from the top, but they need to change their course drastically. Drastically, it'd be that it'd be nice if they had someone kind of like at least like what I, I think we can all agree be like that Montreal hired Jeff Gordon as the president. Right, then you're gonna go there. Yeah. they need a guy like that in, my, in our opinion, or like a John Davidson type. You know what I mean? Just to kind of keep the GM in check, almost. <laughs> uh, Julian, just... I wanted to I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the Habs hiring Chantel? I think it's Maccabe. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome that they hire. I just want to hear your thoughts. Like, what will her role be with it with that organization? Well, Chantal Maccabe, first off, is probably the most respected colleague on on the. Well, now she's no longer on the Canadians beat, but like I've I've I look, I look at so there are so many people who will show up to a game and will, and will cover it in, in Montreal. It's a pretty heavy 
base of people who cover the team from day in day out and i've heard people say like oh this person's not good this person sucks this person does this stuff i'm sure if i look through my mentions i'll find people who don't like me i can't think of too many people who How? don't like shanta there's always somebody there's always somebody and I'm and Chantal Maccabee I'm sure would find a bunch of haters herself but Chantal has gotten so much respect from so many members of the beat and even fans as well this is somebody who's been you know a better part of of Quebec sports media longer than I've been alive like this is somebody who has commanded so much respect uh in her profession that the fact that the Canadians had the idea of saying we want this person to run our communications and and give us that insight from a media from a media perspective is a brilliant move. It's something that, that makes them a little bit more endearing from from the media side. Uh, and it's no disrespect to Paul Wilson who had the job previously, but uh, Chantal is obviously someone who just commands that respect, and I, I think it's something that could benefit the Canadians in terms of the way that they handle they deal with media requests going forward but also with the way the canadians might handle situation if if it needs be i don't i'm not saying they're gonna have to deal with another logan mayu situation but they handled that pretty badly Chantal maccabee might have a different insight on how to handle that or any other situation that may arise this is a team that is going to be going through some tough next few months not a lot of winning expected (laughs) <laughs> they have to find a way to spin some stories. Chantal might be at the forefront of that. So yeah, it's a really good move on their part to to hire her. And yeah, it's pretty consistent with it's 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 at least in the right direction for what Jeff Molson was trying to say in terms of having diversity through the ranks at the with the Montreal Canadiens. They have someone like Chantal in that position as VP of communications, which I, I made the point to someone because of how hockey is such a big deal in Quebec, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like us hiring like our own Jen Pisaki to run comms at the white house essentially it's 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 maybe it's not the right connection but it's along the same lines i was gonna say i'm just saying this is uh somebody who lives in america don't know if i like the comms coming out of the white house lately mm. but i get where you're going i get where you're going i only because of how the white house obviously is revered in america the canadians are religion in montreal like that's, no you're that's absolutely right yeah that's what i'm going yeah. for here i'm just joshing yeah. yeah it's absolutely i mean it's I want to say, yeah, it's like the holy grail of uh, of the land, really. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, you know what? In America, it still is seen as that. It is seen as that, yeah, sadly. All right, man, enough about uh, hockey. Let's get into the hard-hitting questions here. we got to get to the lightning round questions here, so I'm just going to ask you, like, some, I guess, pop culture stuff, like favorite movie. We kind of talked about TV shows, so I'm going to ask, like, what are some of your favorite movies? Uh, like The Dark Knight? Coming to America. I'm not. I don't watch like a lot of movies. I, <laughs> I don't have like a whole like list. I like the new Spider-Man, I guess. So, Spider-Man was awesome. <laughs> Spider-Man was pretty cool. Yeah, okay. that was fun. Still gonna see it, but you know. Um, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite um, artists, musical artists, uh, al- albums, bands, or whatever? Uh, I I I like a little bit of everything. I I listened to the new Weekend album today at least twice. How was that? And uh, it's cool. It's cool. I think it's one of those albums where um, I don't know if everyone's gonna like it. I, I think it's for like people who are really into the fact that like the Weekend is a bit more pop now and is leaning to the fact that like he has the the close kind of connections with like Michael Jackson vocally speaking. But some people kind of 
like the trilogy vibe where he's a little bit more subdued and has a lot of drugs in his lyrics i guess but uh i i like i i, I like yeah. this album i i like i like don fm plus jim carrey's in it like that's yeah, I heard that. my my sister and brother they both love the weekend they said they hated the album we're gonna have to have that's, okay. that's okay i i like i said it's 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 something i like listening listening to that <laughs> album i was like people are there some people are gonna like it and there's some people are not gonna like it so we kind of touched on it earlier some of your favorite tv like uh some of the tv shows you watch what are your favorite tv shows uh the simpsons i'm a really big simpsons guy i love the uh, simpsons too like the first eight seasons or so are like golden like some of the best tv ever i love it like I just finished all of season six and like every episode there is some classic Simpsons moment yeah. and it is so cool to just kind of have that come across and be like, that's a meme now. Like that's, <laughs> that's how great this, that's how great the show is. I, I have a Homer Simpson onesie that I sometimes wear that around is the house awesome. and just like, and just Dude, like hang out. I am like, I, very disappointed you didn't wear that to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> with an athletic hat and a pilsner in hand conversation yeah, yeah. that would have yeah. that would have definitely been a conversation starter that definitely would have been a conversation starter but uh yeah a big simpsons guy ted lasso i like a lot fresh prince of bel-air i like a lot uh community when it was the first three seasons were really great yeah yeah that's that's the new girl obviously that's, that's one of the best comedies i think of the last like how many years uh yeah that's that's around all the tv shows i like i think all right so we're on to the final question the most hard-hitting question that you'll ever be asked <laughs> in it. life uh does pineapple belong on pizza no no Ooh, i like that i like that thank you <laughs> i am <laughs> i am i've kind of shifted my that's view that's supposed on to life. be hard yeah <laughs> and we've had way too many I... than you would think <laughs> Um, you just gotta be like, yeah, it's pizza. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's me. I've like, I've like more. I'm like, no, I don't like pineapple and pizza. But I've kind of more shifted my view towards, okay, pizza, pizza. I won't complain if pineapple's there, but I also won't go out of my way to order it. But I respect, I respect the straight out no, because that's what I used to be. You don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Set him straight, Julian. Let's go. <laughs> Man's been in Canada too much. Wrong parts of Canada. Gotta get him out. Why? why? Just because I live in Edmonton? Come on, Jimmy. That's 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 tough. <laughs> you know Connor McDavid plays there, right? You're so. I, actually, I wouldn't know that. I don't know who Connor McDavid is. So. No, yeah, I, I live in America, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Who is this? I don't Patrick know Kane. Tom Brady. I thought Patrick Kane was the only hockey player. So. You have to help me out on that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a that's a good place to end off the show, Julian. It was it was great having you on. We had some great conversations, whether it's about hockey, whether it's about um, uh, just pineapple and pizza. It was uh, great to have you on, and uh, hopefully we can have Seriously. you sometime d- down the road. And hopefully uh, your co-host uh, Chris Joshua will maybe join us one day, and we can ask him the exact same questions. We'll bribe Thanks him. We'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> bribe him. Okay. Uh, don't, don't bribe him. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, guys. bribe him with some, uh, bribe don't him with bribe some him. Bitcoin. Be like, hey, some man, tim- give me some Bitcoin. Come on the show. Here. Yeah, I can the tidbits. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Uh, have yourselves a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. Too. You too, man. Thank you. So that was our interview with uh, Julia McKenzie. Uh, we recorded that a few hours ago, so it's just me and uh, Schmitty now. And uh, so we're going to talk about more about the Blackhawks. They're on a six-game losing streak, but uh, 
You know, a good thing is they have their first round pick this year and they also have a bunch of prospects in the system. So we don't have to worry about that. Right. Oh, uh, we're fine. We're, no. we're, we're fine. It's not like we, there's, I would like to say you can only go up from here, but uh, I still think you can go lower, which is scary to think about. Um, yeah. It's not been a fun and let's put it this way. For a team that was riding so high with Derek King before the like break and all the cut all the canceled games and stuff, man, they have come out flat footed to start twenty twenty two. And they and totally just, did not lose to the a, Arizona Coyotes, a, who have not led not only haven't won a game by uh, multiple goals this season, but didn't even lead by multiple goals multiple goals whatsoever. So, first three goal lead of the season for them, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, Johan Larson's first career NHL hat trick. Can't forget that. Good for him, man. Good for yeah. him. On Arizona, that's probably the only success he'll have. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what the worst part about that Arizona game was? I was like, okay, well, the Coyotes are going to be doing us in. At least I'll get to see Nick Schmaltz do something. Nick Schmaltz was an effing ghost last night. And I was just like, oh, man, this isn't even fun. <laughs> I got to be honest, I didn't even know he was playing. <laughs> Bro, every time, ironically, every time I saw Nick Schmaltz on the ice, he was losing the puck to Kirby Doc. So I was just like... Uh, and and I would like to point out also that last night was probably Kirby Doc's best game of the season. And man, if he could play like that every night, he could be special because every he was the best player on the ice every time he was on the ice last night. He was he was winning board battles. He was winning 50-50 puck battles. He was using his size more than I've ever seen him use his size before, which maybe it's just because he's playing Arizona and he knows like it's not yeah, really you that could big say that, team. but he's also playing on the Chicago Blackhawks. So exactly, yeah. I mean, it's just you know, I I feel like we've talked about this with Doc before. I really like when he uses his physical body and he he kind of uses his instincts more, and he's not just gripping the stick as much. And I think you and I can both agree that goal was just oh, giant monkey off his back. So, exactly, that must have been so satisfying with them, especially just being put like on a poster by Kale McCarr the previous game. Which, by the way, everyone's what like criticizing Dak. That's just an amazing goal by an amazing defenseman, Kale McCarr. Kale yeah. McCarr is the Connor McDavid of defensemen. Like we haven't seen a defenseman like him. Like we and we've seen defensemen like Eric Carlson and Victor Hammond come along. No one has like had that electric, dynamic ability like Kale McCarr is. Like who stops that play? Yeah, when was, when was, I was, I was, is, Oh, I was gonna say maybe who like who like Patrice who, Bergeron probably maybe yeah like that's still tough to ask like you could you can nitpick him maybe his positioning what he was doing but like how do you stop that that's, that's just, just a great player making a great play like yeah. and I, and Kale McCarr like when was the last time we saw a defenseman ever on pace for forty goals because that's what Kale McCarr is yeah, doing that's right like now. Paul Coffey and you know, that was when he was on the Oilers in the eighties <sighs> it's nuts dude like it. And that was a great game on Wednesday or uh, Tuesday also. Like, yeah, they – so clearly the thing the Hawks had a problem with to start 2022 is they haven't started on time. No, they At haven't least in the first same, four They games. haven't scored the first goal yet. You no, know, they did against Calgary, but it didn't matter. No, that's but, true. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, they lost 5-1 in that game, so mm-hmm. it's like whatever. They haven't got off to like a multi-goal. Like they really haven't oh, yeah, stepped exactly. on the throat. That's what and it's it, been. And it sucks too because like they've had these little spurts in these last couple of games. The Avs and the Coyotes game in particular – where they could just you could tell they can play at that high level especially against and they Colorado. do for about they were going blow for blow with Colorado for probably 40 minutes of that hockey game honestly they were a couple of bounces from probably winning in regulation if we're being honest that third goal went the goal off of the time. like that was a that was a game that could have won Kale McCarty yeah. scored that incredible goal oh yeah and 
you know, it's just like uh, we talked about it before the show started. The six-game losing streak, yeah, six losses, but three of them were overtime losses. And if we're being honest, those Nashville and Dallas overtime losses, I know they were a while ago, but they were tough overtime losses. Mm-hmm. There was one where the Hawks came back down 3-1 and lost. That Nashville one was kind of tough where things you know just went like right to the net where Kane missed his back check or something. But it's just like that seems like I don't know. Ago. <laughs> right? It's so long ago. And um I we I we kind of talked about it. We thought the Arizona game was gonna be the game to kind of get it together. No. Anything they looked worse at times, which is frightening because Arizona has no offense. Um they made they Arizona's power to be honest. <laughs> they really don't, honestly. Like Good for Vimelka because I thought Vimelka. Oh, was he was great good. that game. Yeah, mm-hmm, he's definitely. low key been good for them this season. As good as you can be on that team. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, I think Dyson Mayo was another guy. He looked former Edmonton Oil King. Good for him. He was an Oil King. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Um, but he he looked pretty good uh, last night. So yeah, and the announcers kept bringing it up that Arizona's in a rebuild and stuff. But like these are reasons why you need to step on that team's throat and the Hawks did that like four times last night they did it like almost the entire third period and they did it for that first like nine minute stint in the second before they got into penalty trouble and it's just I feel like we've been talking about this for years since Carlton it's just like can you play a full 60 minutes because if you do you'll win more than you lose with with the way they play when they're on it I don't know (laughs) Yeah, you bring that up, Jeremy Colton. I feel like a bit of the shine has worn off with Derek King. You know, like they're just so bad those first 12 games of the season that literally anyone could have come in there and be like, hey, man, just uh, just go out there and play a lot better. And that would have been good enough for them. But I feel like kind of with that break in there, that certainly doesn't help. And coming onto the near flat-footed, I can't just like – I don't know what it's like in the locker room, but I just feel like maybe he definitely hasn't lost the room because, but I just feel like Derek King, maybe a bit of that shine has worn off for the team and that he probably isn't the guy going for it. Nowhere did I ever think yeah. he was, but it was a good story at first, but it's, it's clear that this team needs a more veteran and seasoned season coach going forward. Cause you see the top guys in the top minutes, but then you see Nicholas Bowden playing, what was it, two shifts, not even a minute. His, his first shift came in the second period last yeah. night. And I get it. I get it. Okay, so Hagel going into – like, so for people who didn't watch the game against Arizona, Hagel, Gustafson, and I think Sam Lafferty, which we'll get into later, yeah. new Blackhawks Sam Lafferty, all went in COVID protocol about, I think, 45 minutes before the game started. Yeah, like right so they kind of got – I, they kind of got handcuffed in that aspect. And also that was the last game of Connolly's suspension. So if Connolly wasn't suspended, he probably would have played, but he, that was the last game of his suspension. So though that all played a part in Bodan playing, but that's still no excuse for giving him like what, five minutes last night. Like, and I, and I get it. Like you can run the big guy. Seth's going to play like 27. That's cool. But like, it's just bad. It's bad lineup management. And the lines have, really haven't clicked lately if we're being honest like i if i'm being honest uh the third period last night where they just put taves to brink and a cane together i think you should run that against vegas tomorrow night like just put your best guys with the best guys the only line i think that's looked consistently good is that kirby doc line with uh kershev and entwistle they've they've generated a lot of quality chances and entwistle's generated enough yeah chances he's really been turning it on the last few games he's so, played yeah that you know there's Oh yeah. He's got, he's got such a motor, man. Like he he's, he's like that Hagel type of player, but he just uses his body way more and goes to the net, which 
kind of leads to like what happened last night where he gets put on the ice over a guy like Kubelik or Doc, which mm. I with the goalie pulled, which I'm not a big fan of. I get his mindsets where it's like, oh, taking up bodies in the net and whatnot. But um you just need I, the I, most pure skilled players out there. Exactly. And yeah. kind of going back to Bowden, um you, you see uh, Kyle Dav- Davidson trading Alex Nylander, who was obviously, of course, traded for Henry Yoki Haru. And I just wonder... Top four minutes in Buffalo every night. Yeah, and maybe the results aren't great. Again, it's Buffalo, but that's still a guy that's making, I think, he signed a $2.5 million three-year contract. Like, the Blackhawks could really use that right now. And I think... Uh, you, we were we and you were talking on Twitter. It's like just imagine our right side if we had even like if we just kept Yoki Haru, still made the Seth Jones trade, it would still be Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, and Henry Yoki Haru going forward, which would be really good. But no, and Nicholas Bowden, like this this season is really a lost cause. You're not going to make it back. There's no first round pick. There's not a whole ton to look forward to. There's not a lot of uh, like prospects to look forward to other than Lucas Reichel, who as of we're recording, this has a four point game, but you, I, at the same time, I don't think you want to rush him. And I remember Ben Pope doing an article of the top prospects in the Chicago system. And Lucas Reichel is really the only guy who has a legitimate chance to be a top six, top four guy. I think Ian Mitchell was in there. He's having actually a really yeah. good season. Mitchell's with looking good in the NHL. Yeah. Yes. But is he going to be anything more than a bottom pairing defenseman? I don't know, but it's just it's so bare right now and they don't even have a first round pick to be like okay at least they're gonna get uh get guaranteed top six top four guy no not even that it's gonna be it's gonna be we still have 48 games to go there's it's gonna be a very rough end of the year there's not gonna be a ton to look forward to and that's why I think there needs to be like a message from management on what their future is gonna be because I still don't know what it's going to be um we've seen that jim rutherford in vancouver i'm pretty sure he said word for word we're going to trade um all our like pending ufas for prospects and picks which is what they should be doing i think jeff gordon has kind of done the same similar in montreal where chicago needs to do this they need to like put out a statement they need to follow through with it kind of like how the 2018 rangers said we're rebuilding we're going to trade away all of our players but we're also going to get futures back for it and they're running out of players that can do that for it. Now I know like the Alex Nylander we've trade, we kind of briefly brought it up. I don't know what you really could have gotten from, but at the same time, this team is starved to score goals. Why not bring them up and at least give them a chance before you let them go and trade them for someone. And these past couple of trades Davidson has make, I mean, Chad, Chris, like, what are you going to get for Chad, Chris, really? I can understand getting Curtis Gabriel, but then you get another big body guy who can't really get offense. Like, I still don't really know the direction with this, with this team, with the management, same with the coaching, like Nicholas Bowden. Like, I'm just still puzzled. I really want to see in these next couple months, like what direction this team is going on. Cause there still really isn't one. And, yeah. and that's why I think ultimately they're going to, they're going to hire a new coach. They're probably going to hire a president of hockey operations kind of as a guy to watch over Kyle Davidson, see what he does. I still think Kyle Davidson, like he's still, like there's just so so much more. Like we have to give him so much more time. He's getting an open mind till the deadline. Let's put yeah, it that way, exactly. at least. Because he's going to have pieces to move. So mm-hmm. yeah, like Calvin DeHaan, maybe Mark Andre Kubalik. Kubalik. I'm sorry, Kubalik oh. should be on that list now. I'm sorry. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm over Kubalik. I still think that he should have been like 
they should have looked at trading him earlier in the season or even in the off season because it just it's it's clear yeah. even this new regime just doesn't value Kubalik, which I can understand. He had 30 goals the first season and he was on pace to score three last year. But what else does he do besides that? Really, it, he, he there are times where he looks like ghosts on the ice, and mm-hmm. he would get the Alex Nylander criticism if he didn't have 30 goals that first season. I think. yeah, exactly because that's kind of how he looks this year, and it's frustrating at times because especially last night versus Arizona, I felt like that was very clear because, I mean, half of that team last night, you could tell there was a fire under their ass to try to get back in that game. They realized how much of a hole they dug. But then, like, Kubelik was just kind of, like, half-assed going for pucks. Like, I'm not going to, like, say that he was, but it, it looked like it to me at least. Um, it, it just, you know, I – there's more to the game than just shooting at the end of the day, I feel like. And once he figures that out, he's going to be a great player. But maybe that's not with this team, and it sucks. Still think he can be a guy that can put up like probably not going to get the best return for him right now. Yeah, and I, hundred percent, yeah. And also, um, I saw this like idea getting thrown around, and I'm not against it. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be happy about this. But um, if you want to generate a first round pick back, Brandon Hagel is the guy that you trade. Oh, like. I've seen thing on Twitter. Like, I love Brandon Hagel. I love the energy he brings every night. He's not untouchable. He's probably arguably their most consistent forward. If you can get what Blake Coleman got at the trade deadline a couple of years ago, you do that trade. I don't care. Bro, fucking Ryan Hartman got you a first and a fourth, which led to Bodan and Kershev. Granted, mm-hmm. it still has time for them to grow. But for Ryan Hartman at the time, who wasn't doing anything, yeah, you make that trade in a heartbeat granted Brandon Hagel like you said is more of a Coleman case where he's on that cheap deal for two more years like dude if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning I am all over that I will give you my first round pick I will give you what prospect you want just give me him and if you want to get those actual like core rebuild pieces and I feel like like you said they need to take that Rangers approach where you just need to commit to tearing it down Mm -hmm. Hagel's the guy man like, and it, it sucks because he's so much fun to watch every night. But if you want a legitimate return to make this rebuild a thing, because like, I'm so serious, unless they rack off like 10 of their next 15 minimum, and I mean minimum, mm-hmm. it's it, the, the writing's on the wall. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like I said, we'll give Davidson an open mind. But to be honest, his first two moves going for guys like there's nothing against Lafferty and Curtis, Curtis Gabriel, which – Sam Lafferty could potentially be a good fourth liner. Like he kind of reminds me of like a Ryan Carpenter type, just maybe faster. I don't know. Um, we'll see what he brings to the table. Like I don't, again, Neilander probably wouldn't have got you too much, but you could have at least gotten a player that maybe has a bit of offensive upside. I don't know. I just don't see that in Sam Lafferty. And this team needs offense it, and skill right now. Yeah, outside. It, and even if you don't trade him, it's like, okay, so you're going to like keep him in the minors and like, that, that gives you like a legitimate reason to sit Borkstrom one night, you know what I mean? Or sit Kershev or which Kershev doesn't have to sit, but I think Borkstrom should sit personally. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> All those really adult giving, beverages are catching up. To oh you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just had a quick belch, but um, they, uh, they're really putting Borkstrom with Kane into or like they're, they're gluing him to Kane right now for the last five games. I just like, I get it. That's the way you kind of get the offense going. And that's how the Hawks have done it for the last little while. And I, and I feel like Bowman kind of saw this guy as an Anisimov type where he could be a big body, go to the right spots, do whatever. And Borkstrom shows signs where he could do that. His underlying stats are really good. He just can't mm-hmm. put the puck in the net really. Yeah. Bad puck luck, but um. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. It's just like you need more. That's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. Kane's got one goal in his last 18. Like, that's not good enough. Your only consistent goal scorer is to bring it. Yep. And that, that, that's like, I don't only, have to say anything else. Yeah, that's that's sad. the only, and wait, going back to trade talk, the Brinkett really should be the only untouchable player. Like, yeah. <laughs> as much as I love Kirby Doc, I think he is going to be good. A lot of people, like, he's just, he's, he, he doesn't even turn 21, I think, for another week or so. Like, he's still so I, young. I think he, you need to give him a couple more years. But if you do get a trade offer for him, that's good enough. Like you do it. You like the, the Brinkett should be the only touchable, untouchable, because this is the only guy who's young and has proven that he can still oh. score goals and is good enough to keep him. I was gonna say there's technically two untouchables because I don't. I think Seth's kind of here. So. Oh yeah, I think that goes with Seth and saying, Kat though. are just yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That the, like they're 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 the how do you how do I put this? They're the cornerstones. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that. And, and like Seth Jones has been really good this season. That's been great, man. Yeah. Oh like, my gosh. I've seen like obviously the trade like you're never going to be able to fairly evaluate him because of the trade. But like you look at his stats coming under Derek King, like he has a 55 over a 55% expected goals for like his Corsi and Fenwick are like above 53%. Like it's just like, he's been, he's been doing his part. It's just, he's not lights out. Yeah. It's just, it's never the assets he gave up for him. It's never going to. Yeah. But Pierce. Yeah, Seth Jones has been great with all those expected goals. But did you see those two screenshots of Miko Ranton and walking him two games ago? He's a bum. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> like, okay, now, who would, if you would have told us like six months ago, we would have been Seth Jones defenders. Yeah. Like, I Like, we obviously all were going to be open-minded to him. We knew what he brought to the mm-hmm. table. We were kind of right in what he brought to the table. Except He's exceeded my expectations, honestly. 100%. I was about to say that. Because defensively, he's been way better the last month and a half. Yeah. And, um, dude, like, I get he's got haters, but he's kind of showing that he's worth that money right now. Because I can't remember the last time a Hawks defenseman did this consistently. He's ma- yeah, this year, he's only making four and a half. Five and a half million. Yeah, it's so worth it this year. Yeah. So worth and it. And hell, he might even be worth the contract going forward, especially if you hope the cap going up and he kind of keeps it up for a few years. Like you get 55 points a season and you put up like a positive, you know, goal rate. Like it, if you're not a negative possession player and yeah. you can put up 55 points a season, I think you're worth the money at that point. That's hard to come by as a defenseman, at least nowadays. Like, granted. We just saw like seven contracts get signed for that, but that's seven number one defensemen. Like they aren't leaving their team for the next six years. You know what I mean? Like, let's think about it. So there's probably what, like eight or nine teams that have a number one defenseman locked up to a Seth Jones like deal. And I feel like every one of them is looking at their deal and they're like, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing about it. And like, yeah, I'd like to change some of the trade aspects of that trade, but I wouldn't change yeah. anything about that contract. Right that now, will always that will always be the thing, the trade, the, the the assets they give up, and we say this so often. Yeah. Had they, I would have even been fine the trade had they they traded uh, Bokefist in the twelfth overall pick. Had they not given up the yeah. first round pick this year, it was always that was always a trade. Even if it was top ten protected, <laughs> it would have been fine. Yeah. Top ten protected would have made it fine, honestly. Like. It's top two protected. That makes that's it just there's so many aspects to that trade where it's like you can't defend it and it's not worth it. But I will defend Seth Jones and he doesn't deserve the yeah, criticism no. he gets. And but I also don't like to see his blind supporters thinking that he's Jesus. So because yeah. he's still got his flaws, but he's very good. Player. And that's the thing about Seth Jones. Everyone has this kind of like their mind up made up about them. You know, you're on yep. one end, you either love him or you hate him. Like people can't, can't fairly, fairly evaluate him. 
and and obviously that trade does not help the money given to him does not help but like in a vacuum he's been the number one defenseman that they need they just don't really have much of a team around him to support him and one of the most underrated aspects of what Seth Jones has done is he has made Calvin DeHaan play probably his best hockey as a black yeah I've been looking at the stats like yeah I'd never look at the stats like under like the full analytics analytics. (laughs) watch watch the game you nerd don't watch it on the ground use your eyes yeah but it, it's so hard to look at the full season stats because if they're most of them are all negative because of that horrendous start. So I always try to look at like when Derek King took over, like that Calvin DeHaan is like his expected goals for, I think is above 50%. Same with like high danger chances for maybe he's not necessarily driving play, but he's also doing a very good job of like not allowing high danger chances. And that's another guy coming to the trade deadline that, I don't think he's going to get a first round pick, but maybe you could get a second and like a B level prospect or something. Cause I remember, I think of the trade deadline a couple of years ago when we had Eric Gustafson, it's like teams don't really look for offensive defensemen to play they want on shutdown. They want Andy green got two seconds. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking about a team teams gravitate more towards those shutdown defensemen. And I think Calvin DeHaan could get connect the Blackhawks a decent return at the trade deadline. I'm telling you, there is a world where the Blackhawks can probably come out with a first in two seconds. Oh, my God. If they, they can have. come out with a first, I'll be Tickle Pink and Kyle Davidson can stay here forever. I, I got to think there's a way. Like, I, I really hate looking at, like, this way with the Hawks because, like, I want to give them another 10 games to figure it out because I feel like that's only fair. Half gate, Halfway point, if you're still shit, like, writing's on the wall. You still got like 10 games to maybe figure it out. Yeah. So I don't want to forget. There's still 48 games to go. Like, they got a lot of time, man. Yeah. They got a lot of time. So I'm they not just got to like, figure it out now within like at least like, the most. Who knows? Kane could wake up and they just go off. That's that's what I'm thinking. There's always that part of my brain. where Flurry like, can I've, just shut it down for the next few games. So which, by the way, if you're blaming that. Like, it's on a 55 goal yeah. pace. Like. Taves is getting up. Like, there's elements where that can make you think that they could go on a run, but like long term, I don't think they make the playoffs. It's a lot of ifs. So, yeah, there's just so many ifs. But, and I, if they are in the spot that I think they're going to be in, or we think they're going to be in come deadline, I, I got to think there's a way you got to start pulling some strings and make a massive trade with Edmonton. You could give them Dahan and, or I would probably say Kubalik and Flurry. Well, Kubelik's an RFA, so I don't know if they'd want that, actually. I don't know. It'd probably be DeHaan and Flurry because they're UFA, so they don't have to, like, worry about re-signing. Yeah. Unless they really like Kubelik. Who knows? But, like, I think you got to find a way to package people, and you retain yeah. half on both of them, and you just got to Yeah, try. that's another thing. they got to use their brain to their advantage. Yeah. Like, hell, do what you did in the – or, like, oh, man, did they – I, there was one trade where the Hawks were, were the Hawks the third man in on something or were the Leafs the third man in on something? I think it was the Leafs, but either way, okay. I still think the Blackhawks could use their money to kind of like, even if it's getting like a fifth round pick and returning a salary, like get as much draft picks and like assets as you can going forward. Yeah. And, and like we said, that that's going to be the judgment day for Kyle Davidson. Mm-hmm. And if he, and I feel like if he doesn't succeed to what Rocky Wirtz and them like, or now Daniel Wirtz and all them, they're going. They're going to sign a Jeff Gordon type president, which I think they should do. I said I think they should either way, but yeah. I think I'll kind of have less faith going with Kyle Davidson going going forward. But yeah, um, it, oh man, the Hawks are just a fucking enigma. Oh my god. I yeah, I don't like. I don't envy the position that Kyle Davidson is right oh. now because there's not a lot to work with there, dude. And it's like, oh man, it. 
because there's part of me that's like you could see how this team was built in the offseason because people don't like to talk about it, but Tyler Johnson getting hurt really put a wrench in how they were putting that forward group together because Tyler Johnson was actually doing very well at the center position before he got hurt. It was just like, like he was probably one of the only bright spots. The point tunnels weren't there, but like the I, I at least from the eye test, I thought he looked pretty good in the games he played. That's all that matters, though. The eye test. Yeah, fucking analytics. What are those? <sighs> um, <laughs> but um, I there's just a lot of things that have happened this year that have put wrenches in their plan, and I, man, I just this is not a fun season to no, watch. Unraveling. No, not at all. And it, and you, it's they're they're getting to points where it's like oh, I can't get worse, and then they literally lay an egg. Against they Arizona. they lose to Arizona again, who hadn't not only hadn't Six won a game by multiple goals, but hadn't led by multiple goals this season. Exactly, they had five. Never goals. had a lead. Never had a lead past two periods. By the yeah, way, they sure. they they coming into that game, they had five less wins than the Blackhawks, which is saying a lot. And before the Arizona won that game, they were worse than the NHL. Now they passed Montreal. Man, and we just talked to Julian about Montreal. Yeah, Julian exactly. McKenzie, friend of the show. Julian yeah, now McKenzie. we can say that the friend of the show. Um, but let's get into another team that is kind of a dumpster fire, at least at the moment. Uh, this is a more impactful dumpster fire, in my opinion, because the Blackhawks sucking. I feel like everyone that's not a Blackhawks fan, it's like good shame, shame, yeah, shame. exactly. Which is Karma, fine. Which is yeah. fine. I don't I blame everyone that. else. Like. I, I still kind of feel that way, too, to an extent. I feel like yeah. you do, too. It's like they kind of deserve this in a way. Yeah, part of me <laughs> is like, oh, this kind of sucks. There's no future to this team. And then the other half is me is like, oh, this is such great karma. It sucks as a fan, but as a human being, you're like, yeah, they deserve Exactly. This. That's a perfect way to put it. Um, but anyway, on to, the, on to the known future ranger, Connor yeah. McDavid. Mm-hmm. What is that, a Sim 9.7 or Sim what Jimmy 9. was saying? Point- Please make that the name of the show. Sim 9.7. Sim 9.7. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the Oilers are not fun right now. <laughs> no, and with the, they were the most fun team to watch at the beginning of the season, but what is it, the last 10 games? I don't think they've won a game, something like that. Like they, I, three of the, the I, think research. It's, I think they've won three. Let me look. I think they've won three of the last 10, but they had I mean, one the regulation pause, win. Like that pause at Christmas has like really screwed like, like how like the NHL and how I've been keeping up with it. Not that I was great before, but that just made it even worse. So I am it's a having trouble keeping thing. up. Like, yeah. Teams just lose their momentum as soon as that happens. You even argue that happened to the Blackhawks. Not that they were playing amazing. Oh, it did happen but to like, the Blackhawks. Yeah, but like they have not like at least they were decent in those games leading up to Christmas break, but they just ugh. but anyways, enough about the Blackhawks. Gotta get on to the uh Sound like Leaf fans over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because it would suck if they missed the playoffs, but going long term, that might actually be the best thing for them because oh, no. Okay, so they've won like three of their last fourteen. I don't mean to cut you off. Oh no 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 no, no 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 yeah. Oh no, that's not good at all. Especially when you got oh. two of the best players on planet Earth and you can't. You're barely winning. You still got the two of the top. You still got the two top leading scorers in the NHL, which is mm-hmm. crazy because like. I heard on the radio today that people were like, Connor McDavid needs to wake up. And then I like looked at the statue. And I'm sorry. Like, you cannot. He must blame be pedestrian Bryce. now because yeah. he's got 53 and like, what, 30? Oh, no. He's only on pace for 120 points now. Oh, no. Man, he's not that, as good but... as Kucherov. Rats. That's rats. Um, <laughs> no, but McDavid and Drysdale do everything for that franchise. You cannot put any of the blame on them. 
And you know what the Oilers kind of remind me of? The Blackhawks a little bit because you got these top players uh, like Dabrinkit and Kane aren't as good as what McDavid and Drysdale, but kind of the same thing. Hell, Dabrinkit's like four goals behind Drysdale, though, so for the lead. Yeah, I I guess that uh, comparison isn't bad. so bad after all. Yeah, too bad Drysdale's got like four times the assist of (laughs) Dabrinkit. That's because uh, Dabrinkit is selfish and doesn't pass the puck. That's why. Anyways. Um, <laughs> he's greedy. <laughs> those greedy goddamn Americans. Anyways, um, uh, what was I gonna say? I completely lost my point. But um, you're talking about the Oilers. Yeah, the, the Oilers. But I was I was gonna make a thing that they kind of remind me of the Blackhawks because a lot mm-hmm. of the blame is going on the head coach right now, and rightfully so. But then you also have to look at the general manager. Like Dave Tippett is not the person who signed Cody CC to a four year deal. He is not the person that Trade traded assets, assets for Dunkey Keith. Keith. Like, there's just so much, like, problems with not only the coaching staff, but the, the front office. Like, there just needs to be so much change. And you ne- you want, like, it sucks because we never might – we probably won't see Connor McDavid and Drysdale this good because their their other seasons are going to be great, but they're so fucking good prime. that they might this, – this probably is their peak. They, they're they're start going to start going to, like, the – final couple of years of their contracts and are they going to re- run and resign if they can't do anything so part of me is like what if the oilers miss like because julia mckenzie's boldest take was the oilers are going to miss the playoffs that might actually be a good thing for them like in the long term like obviously that's going to suck because the two best players on planet earth and you can't even make the playoffs but if that forces dave Tippett to be gone and ken holland to be gone that might be <laughs> a good thing for them like we said on the earlier show, if the Oilers miss the playoffs, I'm going to be eating the popcorn and watching, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, the media is going to be great on that one. Let me tell you. And it's funny, the media in Edmonton is awful. They're, like, defending They're so you. bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm so grateful that Blackhawks media. Like oh, we're writers, so blessed. They're so great. So oh, blessed. my gosh. Like, like, shout out to Mark Lazarus, Scott Powers, Ben Pope, like, Mario Trabrasi, like, all the – Charlie Romano. Oh, like, they're all blessed, great. Yeah. They're all great. Thank God we don't have any of these crazy-ass writers. No, we don't oh have Jim God. Matheson or, like – NHL by Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw Jim Math like, they do not – the writers, like, they do not like Jesse Pugliari. He had, I think, a He's good so- game – yeah and and it's like i don't know what game you're watching but jesse this is jim matheson's like i don't know what game you're watching but jesse pulley was not good and zach casting deserved to be on the ice and i forget what the stats were but this guy like beneath him like completely ratioed him and he's like jesse pulley actually had this amount of shots and hits and blah 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 in this game and they decided to bench him like i can't believe i i've never seen that like can you think of a fan base that's been so against a player who's actually playing extremely well for them? Like, I would say the least with Mitch Marner, but, like, theirs is more playoff-driven, I would say, more than regular season-driven. Like, yeah. People are just rooting for Jesse, Jesse Poyarvi to fail, and he – this is kind of his breakout year right now. Like, he's and, – and we talked about it. He's had a rough fucking journey to get to mm-hmm. where he's been. He, he had that whole fight with – uh, known acclimated great uh, go for it when we should go for a GM Ken Holland when he threw him in Finland for a year and ended up working magically like yeah. count your blessings there um, I just man it I, I 
now I'm now going back to when I was like, make this about the Hawks. Um, if the if the Oilers want to try to make the playoffs, we'll definitely take Jesse Poyarvi off your hands for a Cuba League flurry one two tandem. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll take a we'll take a hefty Chris Russell in return too. Dude, I'll to Mike Smith books. is signed for another year. If we oh, take get him. a if we get get a first round pick for taking him, yeah. Send him our way. Oh, I, will, I will drive him to the airport in Edmonton and you'll pick oh him up. Oh my in god. Chicago. Yes. <laughs> you just like pick him up with all his black yeah. guys. He's like, Mike, you're gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet Seth. Oh my god. <laughs> oh geez. But I didn't I didn't realize that the Edmonton media hated Poyarby that much. I I was like hesitant to read the Koskinen stuff a couple days ago. Where uh, if anyone who hadn't read it, I don't. Okay, so apparently that some was lost in translation. I don't know. I okay. I hope it was lost in translation because when I read it on, like, I read it from the media source that posted the, the media. The media, yeah. But um, it sounded like Koskinen was saying like, "Oh, everyone's throwing me under the bus. I don't like getting thrown under the bus." However, we only have so and so amount of goals in our last ten games. Like. I get what he's doing and props to him because everyone shits on Miko Koskinen way more than they probably should. Cause like they talk about Miko Koskinen, like he's a sub 800 goalie and he's like, what does he got? Like a nine Oh nine, probably like oh, good enough for that Oilers team. Good enough to win. Hockey games. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Like, it, Oh man. Like you said though, Pierce, this is on the GM man. Like once again, we look at their depth signings. Yes. Zach Hyman was a great signing. Like we all agree on that. But really, Derek Ryan, that's the answer. Kyle, Kyle Turris, again, Cody that's Steve. the answer. Oh, Brendan Perlini, that's the answer. Hey, like, he scored against the Leafs the other night. Yeah, he did score. Okay, Sorry. Miko Koskinen Known is, Leaf a killer. is a 900 uh, goalie. Okay, so he's 319 goals against average and a 900 save percentage. Okay, so he's not great, but he's not terrible. Like, if he was terrible, he'd be like how Mike Smith was in Calgary a couple of years ago when he was 870. Like, count your blessings, guys. I don't know, man. It's – it, it sucks, too, because they got parts that are – like like you said, like Poyarvi's starting to grow. I, I heard Bouchard's having a good – Oh, like, Bouchard's been stint. great, yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we joked about it. As soon as Keith got traded there, I was like, ah, oh. Keith was like, oh, I'm done babysitting kids. I was like, motherfucker, you're getting thrown with Bouchard. Uh, I'm mean? pretty sure Bouchard's playing on the top pairing. At least I wonder if oh, he's with Nurse now? He's with oh, nurse, yeah. yeah, that's probably how it should be, if we're being honest. Um, he's probably I'm, their best right-headed shot. <laughs> oh, 100%. I, well, defensively, yes. <laughs> Offensively, I'd still probably give it to Tyson Berry. Not for like, much longer, though. Like, Bouchard. Not for much longer, exactly. Well, yeah. And Stewart, like they're they're and they're having problems with goaltending. Like Stuart Skinner, yeah, he's four, five, and zero, oh, but he's twenty three years old, two seventy goals against average and a nine sixteen save percentage. You're telling me you can't give him more of a chance over guys like Koskinen and Smith? I don't know. That's why I think that uh, the Blackhawks and Oilers could be trade partners because Mike Smith is signed for another year. Hey man, uh, give a you can have one year of Mark Andre Fleury, bring him in, maybe mentor uh, Stuart Skinner, send us a first round pick that our way, and yeah. Part of me thinks that maybe um, – oh, man. I was just going to say something about Edmonton, and I totally forgot it. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the trade partner part. Like, honestly, Edmonton's goaltending is just – it's not even that it's bad. It's just if it's not great, it's noticeable. And I feel like that's kind of how the Leafs were run for a little while, for being honest. Like, that's why everyone kind of crapped a on Canadian Freddie. team? No. 
no, no, no. Like I can't wait to see Vancouver turn on Thatcher Demko. It's gonna be great. He's been he might he's like he's probably like a top five. He could have his own top like. ten of top goals or top saves. <laughs> yeah, if I heard correctly. <laughs> but um, it's just crazy though. Like right, like Vancouver gets Vancouver gets Boudreaux. They get Rutherford. They make the changes they need to make mid season. Obviously, they're in the honeymoon stage, kind of like how we were with King for a yeah, little while. Yeah, exactly. But, like, two points out of a playoff spot and your division rival is the one that's tanking while you're succeeding. I, I got to think that lights a fire under Edmonton's ass. Exactly. Uh, if you're and Edmonton, Calgary being really good, too. Like, I don't know, man. They might get antsy soon. Yeah, like, Edmonton, like, if you – like, how do you not look at Vancouver and be like, okay, they're a division rival. They were not doing well. They made a change, and they got their stars going now. Like – and then I think Emily Kaplan uh, said that uh, they have – I think they play a game against Ottawa on Monday. I don't mm-hmm. know if they play another game in between that or before that, but apparently that's, like, their last game for before a long break. So if a change is going to be made, it would be then. So that's going to be interesting to watch. So if they lay an egg against Ottawa, um, better watch out. <laughs> Ottawa, please. The whole – the uh, all of hockey fans want you to win that one game. So, like – Dave Tippett's not coaching them. <laughs> by the way, completely random side note, but we were talking about like the Oilers making moves that they start losing and stuff. And it's gotten me think that like, I got a feeling that when Drysaddle becomes a free agent is going to be right around the time when all these German kids are going to be really good. And I got to think that like, what if they all just go to one team and just start being great? Like what if they Chicago? all just go to the Red God, please. Lucas Reichel just gets everyone to come over. Tim Lucas Reichel's like, come to Moritz, me, brother. Moritz Sider, Leon Dreisaitl, even uh, John Jason Paterka. Tim, Timmy Stutes, you know. All of them. Yeah, all of oh, the Oh, man. Like, oh, it'd be the best thing. But um, I, that's my hot take. Dreisaitl's going to go wherever. All the Germans go to Chicago. Dreisaitl to Great. Detroit. You know who would love that? Julia. Me. Oh, Julio would be the happiest. Julio would be the happiest Blackhawk fan on the planet. Oh my gosh, she would be so happy. I now I want that just for her, honestly. Mm. Like she'd love that. (laughs) But um, yeah, the Oilers—they're just—you know—this the crazy thing with the Oilers is they could win five straight, and we're not talking about this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like McDavid can go on his like three three point a game pace like he does sometimes, and we're just all like, Haha, yeah, McDavid's getting four points a game. Who would have who would have guessed? Oh, yeah, not the not the it. U.S. market because we don't get those games. We don't know who he is. Who? What's a McDavid? Uh, Connor McGregor? What? Connor McGregor? Oh my god. Anyways, the only Connor Mick I know in the United States is Connor McMichael because he plays on the Washington Capitals and not a Canadian team. The best Connor Mick in the world. <laughs> oh, oh, do you have anything else to add to Edmonton? I I hope I like stop it. shitting on Duncan Keith every time he gets burnt. It's gonna happen <laughs> way more than you want it to. Just let it happen. <laughs> There's this Ben Hope tweet quoting uh Duncan Keith. You've probably seen this, but um like, we'll see who is faster once we hit the ice, and then like every time he gets burned, some like an Oilers fan will quote tweet the video of him just getting like blown by. See, like I'm so conflicted because like Keith was my favorite player for a long time, and now like off ice stuff is really oh, I, think that, I, I think that's happened to pretty much every black yeah fan. and it's like on ice he's still like 
at least okay how do i put this the way keith plays on the ice is how i would like everyone on my team to play because when he gets mad everyone on the bench feels it and like i feel like that's kind of why the oilers wanted a guy like that because let's put it this way think about this imagine they if openly was, they openly openly traded for him because leadership of the fact the leadership and he's got three rings so and i know we crapped on it man i know we joke about it it's but like who trades that. for dude like Imagine how helpful Duncan Keith probably would have been in that Winnipeg series last year, where they go down 3-0 and McDavid's in his own oh, head screaming. That, uh, what was the, what? What game was the one that they blowed uh, the four-one lead? Was that game three? Or that game was game three, three, I think. That was game three. Okay. Imagine having him for that game, and they come that back. Wouldn't and they're happen. There, and they're like, that wouldn't happen. Like even if it does happen, he's going to calm the bench down after the second goal. It's like I get, I get the leadership point. Because I know we were joking about it with Julian McKenzie on the earlier part, but it was just like, I, I get where they're coming from it sometimes. Because like sometimes, best way to describe it is sometimes your Taves needs your Seabrook. Like sometimes the best player in the world needs a guy who can cool him off while he's about to lose his shit in the penalty box for taking another terrible call against Hendrik Zetterberg. Like that shit. Or like someone needs to cool off McDavid when he doesn't get draw a penalty for the entire series against Winnipeg. Because oh clearly God. that shit was fucking with him the whole series. It like, should be. Like. <laughs> it, like, Yeah, obviously it should be. But like having a guy that can, you know, tell you that it's not that big of a deal and, you know, just play your game and it'll fucking come. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's all I got to say to Oilers fans. It's like, yeah, you're not going to like Duncan Keith now, but if you make the playoffs, you'll understand why he's there. Let's just put it that way. And we always talked about it, Keith. We were like, Keith's not a top four D-man anymore. But if he's a five, six on a competitor, that's his perfect spot. That's the perfect spot yeah. he can be in. Honestly. The like I, is you have him playing with Cody CC and yeah. like <laughs> 20 minutes a night with Cody CC. Like there's is, I can understand the trade of Duncan Keith. It's just like you gotta make sure he is a depth guy and that's in the it. right spots. Yeah. Like him and Bouchard worked well, I thought, for a long time. And they were just like, no, CC, that's the guy we got to put him with. Oh, CC shoots and he misses the net by a mile. Literally, my friends and I, that's a meme in our friend group when we're on Xbox. It's the funniest thing. Like, I can't wait till we start playing Eshul again. And one of my friends, oh, we got to do that again. Oh, we got to play Eshul. We again, haven't played Eshul in like at least a year. Like a yeah, year, bro. A year. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, we should get into more fun things about the defenseman missing the net by a mile because uh, I think there's this, a defenseman that wants to request a trade. Yeah, I was going to say, does this somehow relate to uh, John Klingberg? I just want to talk shit about John Klingberg, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's interesting because Dallas is in a good spot right now considering what they were earlier on in the season. But what if it's like, I don't like Rick Bonus? I'm not getting any offense. Like, I'm not like, I'm just told to play defense. I'm not allowed to be me. And he so, so from what I read, it, it's that their their contract talks went dead on an extension. Oh, that that too. So yeah. it's a Seth Jones type of situation now, where he's gonna want to go somewhere and probably sign a long term deal. And John Klingberg's got to be one of the most like okay. I had a friend back in the day who he's a huge Stars fan, right? And he always used to be like, "Oh, John Klingberg, best hands in the league." Blah blah blah. And I was just like, "Okay, shut the hell up!" Like <laughs> no one cares, but. Let me tell you, for a defenseman, John Klingberg's got probably like top three hands. He was a huge and that's saying something with Dallas the type. that cup final run. And uh oh yeah, and he would have he would have been on Team Sweden had they gone to the Olympics. Like John Klingberg was such a big reason why that team resurged for like yeah. three years. 
he he and Haskinen, like they the fact that you could run them on separate units where oh you go God, Lindell, Klingberg, nasty. and then put Haskinen on another unit, like that's disgusting. Haskinen. Yeah. Exactly. Like it sucks for Dallas that you couldn't find a contract extension, which like I don't blame Klingberg. Klingberg probably definitely looked at uh what Haskinen got and he was like, Okay, I'm probably worth more than that. You're probably also looking longer. at Seth Jones, kind of the same age, same kind of player, yeah. big right-handed shot defenseman. He's making he, 4.25 bare minimum. He makes double what he's made this year he's getting eight he's getting eight no question he might even get like if he goes to the open market he might even get nine he might get the hamilton contract if he goes to canada he can get like nine and a half ten i don't think he goes to canada i don't know but i don't know man what if if ottawa offers you like that's true you go where the money is but if i'm hayskin and i want to go to a team like get dallas to retain half the contract and send him send him to like vegas or tampa or colorado i'm that's that's like the first thing that popped into my mind I agree. Okay, I agree with that. I feel like you and I are looking at this in two different ways right now because you're looking at it as in, like he wants to win a cup this year. Oh, I know that, but I, yeah. I think he wants to get the money, but also yeah. like if there, if he gets the chance for a trade, like oh, go you got to take it. Yeah. Like if the abs are gonna pick you up for a year, you you go. Like sorry, you wave your claws, but um, does he? I don't know. Move, no movement clause. Let me check that. I think he's got a no trade. I don't think he's got a no move. Well, but um, yeah, I'll I. Check. My thing with Klingberg is it's just like it's clear that money's the reason that he wants out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He he wants that big extension, which who who could blame him, like you said, with all the extensions that got signed this summer. John Klingberg so, doesn't even have a cause. So. He doesn't. No. That actually makes things a lot more interesting. He could go anywhere now. Like if Dallas says fuck it, like if we get a good offer from Florida, let's say. Like, yeah, any team contender. So like, I'm first thing that came to mind was Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, Florida, like any of those top teams. You know what would be Dude, an underrated... Colorado with McCarr and Klingberg. Oh <laughs> you know what would be an underrated good fit for for John Klingberg, Boston. You know who'd be actually the best fit? Oh, let's hear it. Toronto. Ooh, yeah. Affertain. Yeah, it would be really. Affertain. They're gonna give up like Lilligren the first. I so see it. I so see, especially if what you said right before that, if Boston's in a bidding war with them, like they were with Taylor Hall. Yep, that is definitely happening. But but, by Boston, I'm just thinking Charlie McAvoy first pair right head shot, and then John Klickberg on the second pair. That is so gross. So gross, like so gross. Like there are so many teams where John Klickberg could go to, and he could just make an instant impact. Like imagine like Winnipeg. Like oh my god, he would make Winnipeg so much better. Um. You could argue that you could – I mean, shit, if Carolina wants to load up, they could just get another That's juicy true, right-handed shot. Um, Tampa could get him for half retain probably. They could squeeze that in. That could be <laughs> Hedman Klingberg. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like a top pair for Sweden basically on your team. Holy shnikes. Um, maybe maybe like a young – like maybe a young gun wants to make a move. Like shit, imagine like John Klingberg on Anaheim. Hmm? Like – on that right bad. side with Manson and um, who's the other righty I'm missing? There's one more righty. Uh, Drysdale. Drysdale. There he is. I knew I was missing one. I was thinking of all the guys who have like long term deals. I wasn't yeah. thinking. Of hey, Hampus Lindholm, want to stay in uh, Anaheim? Here, I got you your partner for the next uh, eight years. Seriously, right? Form fellow Swede. Um, 
dude, if he went, but like you said with Vegas, I didn't, dude, him and Petrangelo on the right side, holy, with Shea Theodore. Theodore plays Alec the right Martinez. side too, but like if you get Kulberg, you shift him to the left. Theodore can go back to his natural yeah. side, maybe on that one. And like because Vegas defense is so good, you in theory could put all those three guys on different pairs. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because you, you got Hag, you got Martinez, you got White Cloud. Yeah, like shit, dude. He could have just a disgusting defense. That's like, why I'm you know how much of a super team that. they would be with they get Eichel back with Klingberg. Like, holy shit. I don't know how the cap works in that, obviously. You find but... a way to make it work. Oh, you have Vegas to. Find always, a way to make Vegas it always work. finds a way to make it work. And that's why I hate the thing is like, it's so hard to make trades. No, because you don't try to be creative with anything. Like, Vegas, no. say what you want about how they've handled like some of their other players, like Flurry, Schmidt, blah, blah, blah. But goddamn, like, they, they're, they, they're creative. Like, they make things yeah. work. That, like, I wish, like, I know it's not good for, like you said, player morale and stuff. No. Man, there need to be more t- teams run like Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Because it, it makes the league more interesting. You can never fault way. them for and, uh, like going for it. Oh, never. They're uh, always trying to find ways to win, which I like I respect the hell out of. I could see Calgary too, actually, for Klingberg. Yeah, it's not bad. Try to like sure out that right side. Like you have uh, Schilling is Shillington a lefty or a righty? Or is oh, he's Anderson? lefty. Is Anderson already? Anderson's already. Right yeah. So it's Anderson, Tana, Klingberg. <laughs> what about Garrett Branson? Where does he fit? No. <laughs> right on the left bench. Right oh in the press gosh. box. Former third overall pick. Um, I gotta ask something real quick. We're gonna cut this part out. Hopefully, what? can you edit this? I have to. Pee. Oh yeah, I'm okay. so sorry. You have to pee. I have to pee really fast. Okay, I'll I'll just pause it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um. So that's it for the John Klingberg talk. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add or we can move on to our next topic here? I think, I think the last thing we should say is what team would you like to see him on the most? Oh man. Like talking about Vegas, like any of those, those teams that are just so stacked, but like Vegas. Oh, I, I think my, t- oh, dude, like. Oh, so I, Colorado I would... would be fun too. And like Tampa Bay, but just, just. Vegas training for Eichel and then now getting Klingberg, like that's just something oh, yeah. about that. Ooh. Mine's a tie because I would love to see Tampa just get Klingberg and just say, fuck mm-hmm. you, league, we're getting a three-peat. Yeah. But I there is just a the Cinderella story is on the wall where if Toronto really wants to go for it, that's the best right-handed shot you're ever gonna see on the market for a one-year deal, and you take it. And Morgan Riley, John Klingberg is your pairing. And then you put Brody with Muzzin, and then that knocks everyone down. I'm telling you, Klingberg on the Leafs makes them look way better than they were. Like that, I think that might be my favorite. I think, I think the Leafs. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good fit. Um, speaking of things with Leafs, uh, we're going to get on oh, to nice. the, uh, the Team Canada and Team USA hockey rosters. Um, we're not going to touch too much on this, but I just kind of wanted to bring it up because there's a lot of. Uh, like college players are going to be going to the Olympics. So for like team Canada, Owen power, he's probably a lock to go just because I think he already played with Canada at the world championships and then would have played with Canada at the world junior. Well, he did, but it got canceled, but um, he's pretty much a lock to go there. Uh, Ken Johnson, who is the fifth overall pick also Canadian. He plays in college. The thing is you can't bring over players on contract. So I saw guys like Peyton Krebs and Jack Quinn, that, that were, go. like, brought up, they can't go because they're on NHL contracts. But, like, Owen Power, Kent Johnson, they're not on uh, uh, NHL contracts, so they can go. Um, 
I think I saw like Devin Dubnik was on there, which is kind of funny. Um, Eric Stahl was on there, like a bunch of these older players. So that's pretty okay. Cool. Eric Stahl leading Team Canada would be pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. He was on that's... the 2010 team. God, you know what? I I want to see that now. Eric Journeyman Eric Stahl doing what Brian Boyle did a couple years ago at at the Worlds. Like that'd be pretty cool. At least I'm pretty sure he was on the list. I, his name might have been brought up, but like either way, that would be so cool. Oh yeah, um, I, the name I saw brought up was Jake Bertan and, I yeah, and Brendan Lightsick. Yeah, that's what kind of oh, wanted. Fuck, to talk I forgot about, about Lightsick. There was like this long list. It's like okay, those are, you got some young prospects in there, some former yeah. NHL players. Hey, that guy was an NHL guy. He didn't do too bad. Maybe that couldn't be a bad game team. And then it's like the last two names. Jake for Tan and Brendan Lightsick. They try to sneak oh, him in there. Yeah, they try to sneak him in there. Like, what you know what? Fuck? You know what meme it is? It's like. The United States, it's like it's only four states. It's California, Texas, New York, and Wyoming or Nebraska. And it's like, bro, tried to sneak Nebraska in there. That's the first thing I thought about with uh them and uh Jake Fortan and Brennan Lipsick. So honestly, um uh team USA, they're kind of the same thing. They're like taking a lot of uh college players like Matt Beniers probably will go. I'm pretty sure he also played for the US at the world awesome. last year. So Drew Camesso, who is uh the goaltending prospect for uh, Team USA. He played that one game for the U.S. at the um, World Juniors. Actually was with uh, the United States at the Worlds last year, so they clearly are really high on them. They would probably bring him as a third goalie, but, like, just going to the Olympics and getting that chance as a, like, young 19, 20-year-old goalie, like, that would be good for him. You missed the biggest part, Pierce. He's what a Blackhawks prospect, buddy. Uh, did I, you I, didn't I, did mention I, that. I, I didn't bring that up. I, I swear. No, you were oh, just wow. like USA for USA goalie. I was like, bro, that's the Blackhawks wow. guy. Wow. And the fact that USA is so high on him that young, and I'm pretty sure he was runner up for goalie of the month too in college. Like, Camesso is looking real nice. Like, just don't rush him. That's all I no, want. Just no, no, let no. him let him develop. I just but, felt uh, that there was common knowledge that uh, he was a Blackhawks prospect, but uh, no, I just like bring it up. <laughs> I, 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 I swore I said it, but I'm I'm just I'm just losing it. So um, it's all good. So Drew Comesso, I, I was kind of looking at him earlier. Like uh, he only has a 900 save percentage in 17 games in college. It kind of it's hard to evaluate goalies, but the nice thing about elite prospects is that they have like the, their games. So it's like last 10 games played, last five games played. Yeah. Uh, last five games played, nine goals allowed in five games, 938 save percentage. So he's definitely trending in the right direction, which is good. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and he was very good his first season, too, 915 save percentage in 11 games. Oh, yeah, man. And he's on a very good – he's in a very good program right now in Boston. Like, do not rush him. And I don't think they're going Dude, to. like, what was the last – who was the last <coughs> goalie to come out of uh, Boston? Jake Ottinger. Like, not bad. let him do what he's doing. He will get where to Spencer where he Knight needs play? to be. Wait, Spencer and I go to Boston, too? Or I think uh, it was the BC. I think it was the BC. One of the yeah, one of the two. I'm gonna check that right now. I think Spencer Knight was BC, if I recall. Mm. But um, because because I'm pretty sure Ottinger was You're there at correct, the same yeah. time. Yeah. But like Ottinger's killing it in the NHL right now as like what a 22 year old, I think. So, yeah, like if you can get a Jake Ottinger goalie in the second round, God, that, that is play, like he. I think Jake Ottinger's only 23 and he's like yeah. doing pretty well. Like if you can get that out of Drew Camesso, that would be. The fact that they put Hudobin on waivers should tell you how good Jake Ottinger was. Yeah. And that's nothing against Udobin. It's just Brayden Holpe's resurgence Mm -hmm. and Jake Ottinger being great. You got to go with the hot hands. Yep. Got to go with the hot. And that's the worst part about goaltending at the end of the day. It's like kicking. It's like kicking in football. Like you go cold, you're going to lose your job. That's just the way it is. 
Speaking of uh, goaltending, uh, Tuka Rask signed a PTO with the Providence Bruins. I I feel like we all kind of knew this one was coming. Oh, was gonna ha- he was practicing with the team as like an e-bug. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> he was an e-bug like a yeah. couple weeks ago. Oh, man. I'm happy to see him back. Cause I, he had, was it a hip surgery? Yeah, I believe so. Or yeah. So he was, he had a pretty heavy injury and I, I, God damn it. If Boston fans start shitting on this guy again, after he comes back from a hip injury, after not playing for over a year, I am going to start throwing hands because I'm sorry. Nebraska has done everything for that franchise, but he's not Tim Thomas and didn't win him a cup. In exactly. A cup so. I think we're like the number one to, to Rask supporter for our podcast. Cause like I, at least once, so what were you gonna say? I was gonna say this guy has a 920 save percentage like in the regular season in his career. Same with the playoffs. Like this game multiple he brought him, trophies. They brought him to game six of the Stanley Cup final 2013, game seven of the 2019 Cup final. Yeah. He was a minute away from game seven. Hmm? Yeah, like <laughs> you you yeah, you lose those games. Yeah, you let in what was it, four goals in that game seven, but that your team only got one goal. Like you're gonna blame that. You're gonna blame that Alex Petrangelo goal on Tuka Rask and Brad yeah. Marsha and went for the laziest change I've ever seen oh in my, my life. God, man. Like, come on, guys. Like, I I just never seen such an elite goalie get disrespected. Like, you didn't see this with Pekka Rene in Nashville. You didn't see this with Lendrick Lundquist in New York. You didn't see this with Braden Holpe in Washington. You don't see this with like, how do I put this? Like highly acclaimed goalies, I guess. These are Vesna trophy winners, all of them. Exactly. It, it, it's He's an elite goalie. You don't see elite goalies get slandered as much as Tuka Rask has in his career. Like, like you said, to have a career 920 is unbelievable. Yeah, so unbelievable. I know goals against average is mostly a team stat, but like his career, he has a 227 goals against average, 928 save percentage. That's the regular season. The playoffs, he has a 222 goals against average and a 925 save percentage. Like, where are you going to find better than that? Like, and I feel like Boston at least the management, they kind of realized that this offseason because, like, nothing against Lena Solmark or Jeremy Swayman, who have both been fine this year. But Especially Swayman. Yeah, Swayman's been great. But, um, like, uh, shout out to my friend Chris. Like, he always likes to say, there's levels to this shit, man. <laughs> and, dude, there's a difference between a starting goalie and a league goalie. And I feel like, not to make this about the Blackhawks like I always do, but – I feel like Blackhawks fans kind of got reminded that this year with Kevin Lankett and Mark Andre Fleury because like Kevin Lankett it was great last year like there's no denying that. Yeah, he did but his level. He did as much as he could before like the the bubble burst and like just it, everything went to shit. <laughs> exactly, but there's levels of this shit, and you could tell the difference between a good goalie and an elite goalie like Mark Andre Fleury. And I feel like won the Vesna last year. Yeah, literally won the fucking Vesna. So <laughs> like, I just feel like. I wish Boston fans would be nicer to him. I mean, I know the Boston fans that I'm friends with, they love him, but as they should, they aren't the, they aren't the meathead crowd, which <laughs> unfortunately the meathead crowd sometimes is the majority. They, um, so the year they, when they made it to the 2013 cup final, even though they didn't win the cup, his save percentage was 940 and at a 188 goals against average when they made the cup final in 2019 against St. Louis uh, Rask, uh, save percentage after that run was 934 and a 202 goals against average. How, how is that his fault? <laughs> he did everything he because did. he lets in one shitter a month in every one season, and that's like, I'm sorry, like, I and I feel like you and I love Boston more than most teams in terms oh, yeah. of the way, in terms of the way Sweeney and Cassidy have run that team for the last mm-hmm. half decade. 
but like there are bigger problems in Boston than the goaltending. It's more like go get Charlie McAvoy, a proper left-handed defenseman, go get a proper third line center. These are the kind of things that Boston, I guess, I guess sec- center, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I guess second line center. Now that Krejci's Krejci, retired. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. Cause you know, I'm you just like, assuming he's there. Cause he's been there forever. Yeah. Like I was watching like, I, honestly, this is actually a good segue into this because I was watching Boston last night against Minnesota, right? Minnesota. And they pulled. Hey, Matt Minnesota. Boldy scored against them, who I think also so happy for Matt Boldy. Yeah. And Marco Rossi's in the lineup too, man. The kids are coming. He drew in a penalty right like a minute, a second into the game. <laughs> His first NHL shift. It was so funny because the broadcast on the, the, I think it was the Kaprizov goal before he got hurt. Yeah. It was a oh, five on boy. three. And they were like, I don't know why Rossi's not on the five on three. And then Zuccarello just goes tape to tape this mm-hmm. Kaprizov and he just buries it. I love, oh, I love Bolden Rossi. I fucking hate that. Uh, they're in. Our oh, we have to deal with them for the next yeah, decade. The thing with Minnesota, they're going to be good because they not only have Bolden Rossi, they drafted uh, Jesper Wallstead, who was killing it in Sweden. So we got to face. Got to face him and also Yaroslav Askarov yep. in the same division. How fun. And Carson Lambos. Carson Lambos, too. That's a, yeah. Yeah, and they How got. fun. S- and the Blackhawks have Lucas Reichel and. <laughs> they got Seth. If yeah. they break it. Yeah, that's, that's about true. It. But that's really it. Um, yeah, it's all right, though. But uh, what I was going to say about the Boston game specifically was uh, when they were down 3-2 at the end and the goalie was pulled, I started to realize that that second line center role was really starting to become a hole because I'm sorry. I saw Charlie Coyle lost, lose his stick twice in 30 seconds with the goalie fold. Like you can't do Charlie Coyle's fine. He shouldn't be your second line. It's not his, it's not his no. fault. He's, he's overpaid. That's, that's oh, a whole yeah, other story. That's like the one, like, that's the only bad deal. Like, 100%. That's obviously, the only bad 20, deal. obviously 2015, those panics, but you can't argue because they've been so damn good and consistent. But Exactly. And to be fair, the year they signed that extension, they were a game away from the Stanley Cup. So, you know, yeah, hindsight's 2020. But yeah, if they win really the close. cup that year, we look at that contract way differently. Yeah, we signed it, but they won the cup. So, who yeah, is a damn. Yeah, but remember, Pierce, Tuka Rask is the problem when Jake DeBrusque has like three goals and is requesting a trade. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, at least when Klingberg requests a trade, it's like, oh, he actually has value. It's, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I know we, we, I know we kept harping on Dylan Strom getting traded, but at least he's starting to turn it on lately. Dude, that yeah. pass he made to DeBrusque. Oh, so I'm sorry. That. Like, I never want to see Dylan Strong leave Alex to break it just for that reason. Cause at least like know. three times a year, they have some crazy ass pass. Like last year they had one against Dallas. That was great. Like, Oh man, they, they had like, there's the difference between like good chemistry and like, you could just tell that they have been playing together for over. Yeah. A it's almost like, you know, like there's no chemistry. Like those, the two, like the Sedin twins have, but like, it's almost like brotherly chemistry. Oh yeah, dude. It's like Bergeron and Martian kind of yeah. like they know where the other's going to be. Every time, and I love that. And I and like that's kind of how Taze and Kane used to be back in the day. And like I'm just waiting for Kirby Doc to find the guy that he's gonna find that chemistry yeah. with. Because like he's getting there with Debrinket. Like to be honest, he had like a quality setup to Debrinket on the power play against Arizona that was gonna work. But it's whatever. I love how this is a Boston conversation. We're back on Chicago. I love. Oh this. yeah, we always gotta, we always gotta find a way to make always, it. bro. Always, but um. Like like we talked about with Rask, I don't like to go back to that. It's just like he, there's so many other problems with Boston that you could totally make a legitimate argument about, but no, they just choose the easy one. It's like oh, goalie bad, and it's just like like I I wonder how many like 
what did we say last night? Or what did I say last night as soon as the Hawks lost? Because, yeah, the Hawks lost, Hawks lost six to four, but I guarantee you four out of those five goals were not Flurry's fault because one of them was an empty netter. Literally didn't see three of the five goals. Like, I don't know. I, How much just part- of that is more on the Blackhawks defense and team defense and Mark andre Flurry? Exactly, you know, but you know, there's more context than just a goalie letting in a lot of goals. How's no, the team but, doing in front of him? Is are they scoring any goals for him? Like, no, but my meathead brain doesn't want to think that. Remember, no, Tuka Rask is from Finland and he didn't win a cup. Yeah, he's not American, like uh, or Canadian, you know, whatever the fuck he is. I don't yeah. know. I'm sorry, like Boston. Boston's such a weird town for hockey. You know what I mean? It's because they, I feel like part of me is like they've they've seen so much winning with like the Patriots. It's like Rask, the Red Sox. You couldn't close it. Yeah, you can't close it out. Oh, we hate you now. It, like it, part, yeah, it's crazy to think that after the Hawks won, they were one of the longest droughts in the NHL before they got a Stanley Cup in twenty. Yeah, what was it? That team years? was not good for forty years. Yeah, they had him once. I think since nineteen seventy two. That was when they had Bobby Orr. Like what the Blackhawks fuck, guys? What the fuck, guys? Like, you didn't win with Ray Bork. I know that much. Shit. Ray Bork was really fucking good. Like, they... I don't know, man. Boston just shocks me sometimes. Like, I, it was kind of nice, at least, once again, to bring it back to the Blackhawks. But, like, when I brought up trading Taze and Kane to someone like Julian McKenzie, who's an outsider, who doesn't, you know, watch the Hawks every game, he kind of looked at me like I was crazy for a second. He was like, with that what? legacy, yeah. they're going to trade him? Mm-hmm. And I was like... Shit, man, I didn't think about it like that. But like, it's kind of nice to have an organization that respects the accolades the team's done for them. Like, it's, the day remember, they throw Bergeron to the curb, I'm never gonna trust that yeah. team ever again. Like, no. and that that could be this year, man. He's a free agent this year. If Bergeron gets thrown to the curb, holy shit, who's gonna put? Like, I'm serious. Like, I don't care where the Hawks are. I take Patrice Bergeron. Oh, Fuck. Like- I take him for one year just to teach Kirby Doc. Hundred percent. Yeah, not Don't only not only do you need him for on the on the ice, like just everything I've heard about Bergeron off the ice. They, they Such a great human. Him. There's a reason he's the captain of original six team. Hundred percent, man. And it's just like maybe that's what it comes down with Boston at the end of the day. Like, yeah, they gave Rask a second chance and stuff, but like if they start like faltering this year, like they kind of have in the regular season, and they make some rash decisions that like obviously would bite him in the ass. I don't know, man. This might be the demise of Boston coming up. It's so hard to see them falling off because they've been good for so long. And I remember Julian McKenzie brought up Pittsburgh. Like, as Pittsburgh's like, never falling off. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're doing this without Malkin, man. They're gonna the take funniest, or like, the first thing I thought of when he brought Pittsburgh up is like, yeah, they both won three Stanley Cups. But the difference is one team is on a 10 game winning streak, one team has won 11 games all season. <laughs> yeah. Also, one team is um, not as trigger happy when it, when their team stinks. Like, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh's gotten swept twice in the last five years. Yeah, they, they got haven't... swept by the Islanders, I th- think. Oh, they got man. swept by the Islanders in 2019. I know that yeah. much. And I think they – okay, well, okay, they didn't get swept twice, but they definitely lost a lot of first-round exits in tough playoff series. Yeah, since the they won the Cup, they lost to Washington, I think, in the second round. And, the and then the Islanders twice. Round. They lost to the the Canadians in the play-in God, series. I think that's what it was. Shit, yeah. I forgot about that. Hey, they See, then they didn't get swept, but they lost in four games. So that's still terrible. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. We almost got to give them a mulligan there because, like that, 
that was just such it's a the pandemic. Bubble. It's yeah, pandemic, yeah. But like last year, had don't give the Oilers the benefit yeah. of the doubt, though. No, no, because <laughs> they lost to the Hawks. They suck. Yeah. Had Tristan Jari like, like actually made a save, they win that series against Islanders. I think a lot of people hundred and fifty percent. Like, I feel like people forget that game five in that Pittsburgh series. He basically gifted them Josh Bailey that OT goal. I'm pretty sure that's who. Dude, it was. the shots were like forty eight to twenty four Pittsburgh at that point. Like, you just can't do that. And like, and Tristan Jerry's been good this year, so if they can get yeah. that, dude, they could go on a deep playoff run. It would not surprise me. Pittsburgh. And, and like, Fuck, you got Evan Rodriguez on a 60-point pace. Like, what the fuck is going on over That guy's on, like, a 70-point Like, I would be generous with 60, Jesus. You know what? You know what's so funny? Like, Toronto both had Rodriguez and McCann for a bit, and And uh, they they go to a different team, and now they're tearing it up, both of them. It's so funny to me. Hey, but they got Justin Hull. (laughs) That's true. And forward, Alexander Kerfoot. Hey, Kerfoot's been good, though. I, like, I... I actually can't stand how much Lee shit on Kerfoot, if we're being honest. He's he's such a We're like, shitting on a player because they're not as good as they th- hope they were. It's so no. stupid. They shit on him because he's like, oh, he makes 3.5 million. He should have 60 points. It's like, what? Like, uh, I feel like that's where their mindset comes with Kerfoot. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Kerfoot's not a 50, 60 point player. He sucks. It's like, dude, he makes three and a half mil as a third liner. He's he's doing exactly what he should be doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. It's just I feel like you can just you do that story to everyone, but I, I I feel like we went way off topic with from Rask there. But I feel like the point stance is just like hey, there former, are bigger problems uh, than the former Leaf uh, Tuka Rask will drafted by them at least. You know what I saw? So I think Justin Pogi is in consideration for Team Canada at the Olympics. The really? funny thing with Justin Pogi is both him and Tuka Rask were goaltending prospects in that organization, but they traded Rask. For Andrew Raycroft, who I believe won the Calder like in 2004 or something. But they're like, okay, we're going to trade this young goalie for Andrew Raycroft, former vet, uh, Calder winner. But hey, we still got this Justin Pogge guy in the system. And I'm pretty sure Justin Pogge won the World Juniors as like uh, as Canada's starting goalie. And then like I think 15 plus years later, it's funny that like Tuka Rask is in the AHL, but Justin Pogge might be playing for Team Canada at the Olympics. So it took 15 years for the trade, for the trade. Yeah, I know. Going down the rabbit hole there. Um, Anyways. Well, uh, the biggest one of those, I don't mean to cut you off, but the biggest one of those was when I'm pretty sure the Leafs lost to the Bruins at like the third time or whatever in the playoffs. And like John Ferguson Jr. is in the box. (laughs) And then they got Andrew Raycroft on the intermission report. I know. I can't fucking win. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's great. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of topics. Before we close this out, um, I just want to talk about the Nadia Popovici story. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I know I'm yeah. doing a big disservice for I'm pretty, everyone has to know the story. She's a went, hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it went viral. Like it went past the the NHL. That's how viral it is. And basically, for it's if, national news. Yeah, if you somehow don't know what happened, uh. Nadia, so she was sitting beside or behind, like, so she's a Seattle crack event. She was sitting behind one of the Canucks. I forget if it's an assistant coach or like one of their trainers. He had this, uh, like a mole on the back of his neck. Had he not uh, took care of it soon, it could have been cancerous and could have been like really bad. So she told, uh, I, I forget how this like went down, but like she told like Canucks media or whatever, but they couldn't like identify or something like that, but they were able to thankfully. And 
they met up and the best part like it just got better and better the best part was that she got ten thousand dollars for her uh schooling which is awesome she's only 22 which is yeah she was like she was a student i thought or like she just started working or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah that's great like it's such a it's such a heartwarming story especially with what's going on in the sport right now where we have cancellations left right and center for covid so many off ice stuff that just makes you just 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 like general like life like it's so nice to see a story like that that's uplifting yeah and like there's no there's nothing there's no like other side to it it's just a a, a genuine story it's just a good story of someone helping someone else out yeah it's it's something that you want to see more of in society because Mm -hmm. it's someone just helping someone else and they don't have to but they want to Yeah. yeah exactly just being a good person and I'm fortunate enough to be on a podcast with you and Jimmy, who are super Aww. good people. So it's like, we don't like, it's nice that we can have these conversations and not just be like, oh, well, fuck this. Let's just talk about hockey. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we, we kindness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wake, you up, wanna, I wake up real early so I can be a hater. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I don't have an alarm clock. My hatred wakes me up <laughs> every morning. Call me Kyrie Irving. But um, I, I don't know, man. It's just seeing stories like that just you know, it's nice. It's it nice makes, to know because it makes your Grinch a lot of shit. It makes your Grinch size right heart now. just grow three times bigger. I know. It's still gotta grow way more to get big, but <laughs> <laughs> that little that little bugger is getting there, you know. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't mean oh, that like man. directly. I was like kind of Oh, I'm I'm making it direct because it's so much funnier <laughs> when it's direct. <laughs> oh man. Oh, look at Jimmy just sent a message. Yeah. <laughs> Hope the pod of... is going well. Well, yeah, it would be going better with you here, bud. Yeah, Jimmy, but no, I think you and I nah, did. Jimmy's having a fun time. time. Yeah, exactly. We're all of us are having a great time. Jimmy's out having fun, which is good. He deserves that. And you and I, yeah. I think, had to put in a, a great uh, 60 minutes or however long this was. You know, we put in the full 60. The full 60. Something the Blackhawks could never do. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hire us. Hire us. Oh, man. I can't wait till they win like 5 nothing tomorrow because for Flurry. Oh, be yeah. Flurry's going to get like a 50 safe shutout or he's going to let in seven. So fun, There's man. no in between. But as you said earlier, I think off it's either the Pittsburgh game this year or <laughs> it's the other Pittsburgh game this year. Yeah. Honestly, that's the perfect comparison. It's either the home game against the Penguins or the away game. We'll, we'll see. I guess we'll find out. Anyways, uh, thank you all for tuning in. That was our first uh, show of the year. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to have Julian McKenzie on, but it was just also nice uh, you and I, Schmitty, talking. It's fun to do, be doing the podcast again. Um, some exciting news we're having on four-time Olympian Florence Schelling on Wednesday. So I'm very looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, it's it's going to be a great year for the show. Also, another thing, I got an IMAX, so the quality is going to be a lot better. And it's funny because uh, I was like bragging, like, oh, my God, I got this new computer. It's so great. And like five minutes into what we were doing the interview with uh, Julian McKenzie, like it just froze. It might have been the internet. I don't know. But uh, uh. yeah, it's it's definitely, I can tell it's just so much better quality. So yeah. Oh yeah, man. Uh, even my cat's Dude. chiming in on how great it is. I don't know if you Stevie can agrees. Yeah, even her. Um, Stevie agrees, man. Oh my gosh. Also, like, shout out to Julian McKenzie. We're definitely gonna have to try out that shrimp and crab meal that he was talking about. Oh yeah. About. That like yeah. I've never thought about using crab as like the pasta. Like that's just genius right there. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh peace out, y'all, and enjoy your weekends.